I invented yeah. a straw, the top of straw the other day. Keep your straw thing to yourself. <clears throat> My family are functioning alcoholics almost across the board. See that chair? It used to be gun. If it turned out koalas were good for erections, we'd be dragging them out of the trees. So much frothing. So much frothing. I didn't even get stomped in the dick. That's my junk. Yeah, put it away. What oh, monk these days? Not a joke that you should make these days. No, but then the dad chimed in. He's like, yeah, what are all those lollies in your pocket? I was being attacked at the park. <laughs> Accused. <laughs> Heckled by people who yeah. don't well, even know you. And then, and then as we were leaving. Thing, and yeah. then like, kids just kept coming and joining me. Yeah. You know? I was like. And then as we were leaving, like one of the mums was like, "Oh, do you want to take a couple with you?" And I said, "If he's taken, if you give it to him, you won't see him again." Kind of thing. <laughs> and they were laughing. It was, it was pretty funny. But I, I don't know how you felt about it. Was you looked a little? I was fine. <laughs> um, I don't have any court orders in South Australia, so That's I wasn't worried. I found the trick with playgrounds is to make sure there's plenty of kids there. I, I took my niece to the playground one day, and then you have to be the entertainment. Yeah. That's what got me. It was like, she was like, oh, here, we've got, um, there was two parts to us, like playground, play equipment. She's like, here, yeah, that's my house and that's your house. I was like, okay. She's like, hi, neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have to and go then, But then, and then, oh, go, let's go get flowers so we can decorate our house. And I'm like, and you could not do it. Like, oh, you're not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to get creative. Yes, you have to be super creative. Yeah. Yeah. Hence, hence this setup from this morning. I was like, we've got heaps of, we just had, bunch of shit delivered on yes. Friday. All right, I'm going to do something with the boxes. Let's let's do something. You spend all this money on expensive toys that the boxes now that... Yeah, I know. Box was awesome. Lads, both of you, welcome to One Off The Wood. Thanks, Thanks mate. Um, I'm frothing to be here. We're in South Australia. Where are we? In the hills. In Adelaide Hills. Adelaide Old Hills. Day. That is the voice of uh, Phil Meakin. Don't know if you want your full name on this thing. <laughs> we'll decide at the end. <laughs> Well, we've got two guests today, pretty of a special episode. Um, Phil is a uh, one-time uh, member of a band, many bands actually, um, toured with Mill and Colin. You've done a Like A Version on Triple J, yep. um, been around the place, so hopefully we'll get a few of those yarns. Darren, Kangaroo Island resident. Um, uh, I understand you may have your aerobatics license as well. Got some aspects of the aerobatics license. Um, pilots, just all-round um, good lad that I met traveling um, around Australia back in the day. And Phil, I met you effectively through um, another friend from doing a ski season back yep. in the day. So like some of the best things that you can do, I reckon. Yeah, This is totally. um, through other attachments, maybe the Eskimo Brothers podcast, we might call that. It's a <laughs> common theme running through. I reckon we'll <laughs> just leave that, that there. <laughs> um, what have we got off the wood? Seeing as we're in South Australia, can someone tell us what have we got off the wood? Uh, well, I've got a Cooper's Brewery draft, which I have not had until today. Yeah, they're new, hey? They're like a West End ripoff. Same colours. It's same colours. I like um, it. It is good. It's a tasty beer, actually. And um, I drink a lot of beer, so... What's your smashability rating on it? Probably 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Very yeah. smashable. 4.2%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it'd be good on a nice summer's day. Eski full down the beach. Eskimo yeah. full. Eskimo full. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still rolling with the West End draft, even though they're not made here. I still, I think, uh, I'll go back to them now. I, I went away for a long, long time, and yeah. I'm more about enjoying my beer again now. So I think 
I'm back to it. What were like you it. drinking it was, in between? Uh, probably just Forex Gold and I went along with a few of the mid-strengths and yeah. super dries and things. But yeah, no, I, I don't know. I've always come back to it. It's, it's the beer for me. I, I haven't had a Westie uh, since they closed the brewery essentially until yet last night and caved and because every time Woz comes over I always Got greet him with a, at least a six-pack of Wendy's. We call them Wendy's. Do yeah. people call them Wendy's over here? Uh, red tins. Red, red tins. tins. No yeah. one calls them Wendy's, just no. me and Brad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and pro- <me>. probably. <laughs> and you know, yeah, the Wendy's. So Brad, my mate who I travelled around Australia with, which is when I met you, Daz, we did a little road trip to South Australia, yes. like a pre-road trip to see we don't kill each other. And these West End were like 28 bucks for a 30 block. And I was like, they can't be that bad. And we like went, surfed and I was like, we're both on our peas and so none of us could drink. It was like, right, well, I'll test one and you can drive. I was like, they tasted pretty good, but we'd surf for two hours. And then the rest of them tasted horrible. Growing up drinking VB, they just weren't right and they stayed in the fridge for ages. But I'm, I've come around as well. I like them. Yeah, I think, I think they're a good beer. They've got to be cold. They're they certainly not. Be cold. They're no good if they're straight out of a cardboard Kelvinator. But no. The, yeah, back of the fridge. But great. you can say the same with like VB. VB or, or definitely an EMU. needs like, to be cold. Nah, need. exports straight out the back of the car. Nah. No, wor- no, no worries. Kimberly Cool, mm. they're the best. <laughs> I reckon right. even 4X needs to be cold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not too bad. Um, this is this yeah. is fun, actually. A little, I'm, I'm excited to introduce you two as well because my Facebook memory from today was from eight years ago driving riding my push bike over here and i stayed with you phil at um yeah a little sign for me and a couple of wendy's in the fridge mm-hmm. and then i went and visited daz so we had like a facebook memory and now we've created a new one yeah new memory yeah years with, later with one off the wood are you you actually listen to the potty don't you daz i'm a i'm a potty yep regular yes real reg on the reg uh pretty regular i, I must admit when when the uh, photo on instagram comes up it tends to jog my memory get, oh, get back onto it and get a few more episodes in so. favorite episode uh, I, I said earlier, I, I like the Port Changs. I think yep. they're they're pretty fun. Uh, I enjoyed, there was a good story one where um, you had a mate talking about their experience in New Guinea. Papua New Guinea, that, Sam. Yep. Yeah, my mouth was on the floor the whole episode. That was, uh, yeah, I was blown away. That was great. Um, great for the episode. Not, great for not, the, not great for Sam <laughs> and great, great a few others. But, those names you had to beep out of that episode, but yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I just I, I think I like the. It feels like you know, it, it's very relatable. You go down to the pub, you talk with guys. It's the same sort of stuff, and I, I find that's nice. It's like yeah, catching up with mates. Well, it's good because like, well, I've seen you now twice in eight years, and uh, <laughs> it's been a while. But it feels like we catch up. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. You, you kind of know what's going on. Yeah. I don't mind it. Phil, you listened to a few episodes. I've not for a little while, but I've kind of gone off podcasts altogether lately what was that i don't know just uh i think i overdid it i was listening to like equity mates and i was just oh yeah there. those guys oh. have some shit stock tips yeah <laughs> i know we talked about this last time yeah, yeah horrible um and just like other couple of things but i've been watching a few more like sort of youtube interview type uh things which like I think like we were talking about earlier, you don't need to actually watch them. You just chuck them on and you can mm. listen to them when you're in the house. But I haven't like checked out any potties on Spotify for a while. It's been cranking tunes. Cranking tunes. Yeah. I like it. Um, well, you both know then we have a segment on One Off Wood, which is called... What are you frothing on? Yeah. And bar snakes. Good one, I guess. Oh, <laughs> What's got you frothing? So... 
Dazza, mate, tell me. What's got me frothing? Well, What's got you frothing? Apart from catching up with you guys, this is great. Uh, this week, I uh, decided I'm going to run a half marathon. Oh, um, nice. I've done a little bit of running, not nothing more than, than your average park run. You're looking case. very trim, though. I did comment when you turned up. Looking yeah, I've real been, trim. I've, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it, mate. Well, I have been working on it, but... Um, yeah, the half marathons for a good cause. So, you know, when I saw it come up, I was like, I've been meaning to it, and I've keep in the back of my mind that I'd like to, you know, do these things before I turn forty, and that was one of them. So, you do a bit of charity stuff, eh? We do, yeah, yeah, we do uh, a bit with the variety club as well with our cars, um, and not, I, I like to donate if people are doing something that's, you know, for a cause that's worthy to them. I, I like to help try and help out where I can as well. But what's yeah, the car rally yeah, I was stuff? Gonna, I was gonna like because Woz was telling. Uh, me about it today you were on a car run and I was like this this sounds interesting I'm keen to know what, yeah, yeah. Hey, what do you drive and you know alright yeah so what's um, the crew? it is the Aussie Muscle Car Run it's yep. for the Variety Club I guess you could sort of um, equate it to the Variety Club bash but instead of bash cars they are generally uh, fairly nice road going cars that are good for you know racetracks and yep. drag strips and things like that and we go around and we raise money for Variety, the children's charity. Yep. Um, How I do you guess. raise money? You just uh, shake the tin out the window. Yeah, shake the tin, sponsorship from you know, oh, yeah. like-minded businesses, um, you know, donations from people. I had someone just the other day make an $800 donation. Um, she come and did some training and yeah, I guess it has an affiliation with Variety anyway. But yeah, yeah so and it was just bang, cool. there you go. But now like-minded people and then we, so we raise money all year and then we hit the road. And they, they normally, you know, the... Um, the event is the, you know, thank you and well done and go out and give your money out too. So, you know, whether it might be um, playgrounds, um, could be mobility things for children that have needs, could be um, a school bus or something to, you know, underprivileged school. So we go out and we, we give the funds out and that's so what it's fun. all about. So it's all about you, really. It it's is about you getting to drive the car yeah, around and yeah. a couple of days off. And you feel good about fun. doing it as well. Yeah. yeah. What, what is, what is your car? Up. I've got a Tirana. I've got yep. a uh, LH Tirana, which is um, yep. slow. You know, it's one of those cars that you slowly build on. Um, what you start with and what you end up with is never the same. Yeah. What you th- what you imagine, but uh, yeah, so it's a pretty fast little um, circuit going race car. Still, yep. still a street car, but yes. Yep. Do you do hill climbs own. and stuff with them? Yeah, we could, yeah. So on, on the event, could you could do a hill climb, you could do a drag race, but generally it's not a drag race. Well, I guess it is, yeah. Um, you could do uh, a sprint event. You know, we're, we're going to Bathurst this year where we're going to run our cars down Conrod Strait um, and do a little sprint event. Uh, yeah, it could be anything, yeah. Really mate. fun. Real, mate. So, uh, my, my father-in-law always has a source, but he's had so many cars in his life. He loves bikes now. He's in his super bikes and whatnot. But uh, <clears throat> he always tells me about the day that his uh, ex-wife, so my mother-in-law, uh, Traded in his SLR for a Gemini. Yeah, Ooh. that's a that's a trade down. That's a, <laughs> that's a definite yep. trade down. Came home and the, and the Tirana was gone. He was devastated. Yeah, He's never forgotten it. I tell you, one thing I love. I mean, being a children's charity, they they get a lot of kids involved. That's great when you see kids. You know, their faces light up when they see these cars. But the, the way adults light up as well, and the, the amount of stories. Oh, I had one. I wish I never sold it. You know, and yeah, you know, and it is nice to be able to take people down that. That memory lane, you yeah. know, so, yeah, go sit in it, you know, if you like. Oh, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. What year is it? 74, that one. Yeah. Is sorry, that on sorry, leaded, 75. leaded petrol? 
Uh, well, it's, it's been worked on, so no, nah, it, it, it's had a, you know the engine's been done, so we don't have to worry about the valves or anything. What is leaded petrol about? What? Do you, uh, why do you have to have lead, add lead in was the fuel? For wear and tear, and and also stability, so it's to stop uh, detonation and things within the engine. So yeah, right. it, it made it right. sort of effectively less volatile in, in rough terms. Just are you say anything with confidence on this podcast that it's fact. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I must admit, it's one of my um, lessons in life that I take with me that try and say it with confidence and make sure people believe it. Yeah, they'll believe you. You say it with confidence. Um, yeah, so you don't have to put lead in it. No, nah, these days you don't. What do they use on fuel? No one cared about fuel in the seventies, did they? No, no. no. Twenty liters, a hundred. Yeah, I was up. I was up close to twenty five per hundred when I first <laughs> oh, built it, and that was an automatic then, and yeah, pro- probably not tuned right. And but yeah, we got a, we're down to I think around fifteen. It's actually not as bad as you think. That's pretty good. Which there's some cars that's on the road. Some new cars as well that still do that. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's not unreasonable. My Prado, I mean, a modern Land Cruiser that does that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my new Prado does uh, twenty liters a hundred at one hundred and seventy five k an hour. Yeah. <laughs> which is not bad. No, nah. I thought it was pretty good because uh, the the two hundred series it does twenty liters just sitting on ninety k's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've got a seventy six series now, which which I love, and that's around the fifteen. Well, probably less if you you just poking along, but it doesn't take much. Yeah, you had it's a, a bit. It's you, a bit far off my. Like we just sold a Golf GTI, and that you know, even when you fang that around the hills, like it's you know eight and a half. <laughs> Yeah, fuel matters. Oh, fuel's coming down though. Yeah, diesel's under two yeah. bucks. I noticed I Thank filled up God. today. It's, yeah, dollar eighty for diesel. It's not bad. When when we met, Dad, so we actually met in Wilpena Pound, which is what four hundred k's north of uh, Adelaide. Uh, yeah, it's Ish. it's about a four and a half hour drive in a nice car. It was a six hour <laughs> drive in my old forty five Land Cruiser. Yeah, and the the old forty, which I don't think you had when we met. You no, had the, you had the I, Ute because I, I had remember the, it, the modern Ute. Yeah, because we did donuts. Yes. The airfield. There's a few. You just tell me when I hit the line of things we're allowed to talk no, about. No, we can here. talk about that. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I think we went went to check out the old cricket pitch at Wolpena. Yeah. We, we set the circle again. Yeah. We were just trying to mark out the boundary. Right? Yeah. 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 With that, which did quite well. Um, so at the time, you were the chief pilot there. Brad chief and I cruised into town and got... Um, this is a good tip for anyone traveling around. School holidays, prime time for getting short jobs. So we were there for three or four weeks just during South Australian and Victorian school holidays and they wanted people to just be house cleaners. Yeah. So like we did housekeeping, we worked in the bar, I washed dishes and it's like, it was one of the coolest things travelling through to actually stop. Like even at the time we really needed the money but yeah. but if you didn't need the money, just to stop and like the people you meet in that thing, like it's one of the greatest things oh, that we yeah. did. I think it doesn't matter where you go, you're always going to find people that are interesting or yeah. you, know, you, can, you can relate to. I think... We we were around the same age. I think that's the key. I I know this. You were twenty one at the time. And you were the chief pilot. Is that right? Yep. For the um, so they ran um, couple of planes. Tell us. We had three, three, and sometimes four uh, airplanes for the scenic flights. Three pilots, uh, just flying around in circles. How did you end up plane. there? And as the chief pilot at twenty one, um, I was pretty lucky actually. It can be hard to get your first job in aviation, but I went through a flying school. And it just happened to be the chief pilot prior to me had been through the same flying school, was looking for a new pilot. Um, I, I think I pretty much had landed the job before even getting my license. Through puns like that? or 
well, my, my instructor rang and said, oh, do you want a job? I said, well, you know, I haven't finished my license yet. And he, he said, no, nah, no, nah, you, you get it done. I think I had a month uh, to get my license finished. I can't remember how many hours. It was probably like 20 hours of flying or something, which doesn't seem like much, but it, it was a fair bit to do. Uh, and I was working to pay for the flying hours. I think I ended up giving myself a few migraines. and It's I'll, not cheap, eh, doing uh, it's not. Nah, it's not. It's not cheap. My nephew's decided he wants to be a pilot well you should listen to this episode yeah maybe you can tell us uh, like can you share what sort of money you're on back then how much does it cost to get you licensed and then what were you i could tell you exactly what i was on because it's etched in my memory <laughs> i i did um my flight training over roughly five years four years four and a half years something like that uh from start to finish with study and um the theory study as well as the practical flying hours and i Cost me over sixty thousand dollars. Wow! And that was back in. That's on hex though. You put that on hex. No, no. We, we, we you can now. Apparently, I think what? we've actually got. Um, yeah, might go back. It's a good option. They're looking for pilots too now. Yeah, it's never been so good probably for a so pilot. So sixty grand invested. What were you earning in two thousand and eight? Thirty thousand dollars a year. Thirty <laughs> k. Six. We worked six days a week. If I wanted to have a weekend off in Adelaide, I'd work three weeks straight to get three days off so it wasn't a waste of my drive. Yeah, and if you weren't flying, we were cleaning rubbish bins, cleaning swimming pools, chopping firewood, polishing. It was everything. Polishing cutlery or something? Uh, the, we had to polish the, the fireplace. It was a nice old brass <laughs> fireplace. We used to polish that, yeah. And fuel was two bucks a litre as well at the time because I'd just left Melbourne. Two bucks, or diesel was anyway. So Apple it's like... Cleaner. No, in Mel- we paid a dollar. It was like a dollar eighty in Melbourne, and then yeah, like most of the places was up to two bucks at that point for mm. diesel anywhere rural. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what Abgas was back then. Yeah, they went free. Did it go in the Ute? Uh, no, oh, their <laughs> diesels don't run too well on Abgas. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the V eight though. Uh no, nah, no. Nah, I was always a bit worried about that actually. Yeah, I'd spend a lot on that car. I didn't want to. I didn't want that to let go just because I was being tight running after <laughs> <laughs> Tight making it go bang. Um, but good times. You were there a couple of years, right? I was there near, near, just shy of two years. Yeah, fantastic. And you take the liberties in the plane, a few little spins? No. Take no. mates up? No, no, I never got to do any of that. Was, we ran a pretty tight ship there. <laughs> are you looking to get a job job there again one day, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. But yeah, no, we, I think I did do a couple of flies. We were, you know, if we had to do a test flight or, or you know, check something out, an aeroplane would occasionally do that. But generally, it was pretty, pretty busy. Where's the first place you've flown? Like, is it actually, this is what people think. I'm going to get my license. I'm going to fly everywhere. It'll be sick. It's not. Uh, like no, nah, it? no. Nah, it's not super glamorous either. You know, we we learnt a, we had a bit of a routine. You know, we'd do a half an hour flight. That was ninety percent of our work. as our bread and butter. And you learnt that routine, and it got—it almost got difficult to do towards the end. You know, the end of my two years, I—you know—I was yawning, I was struggling. You know, you're just not engaged or um, motivated to do it at all. But yeah. I did—I did one flight from Wilpena to over Ez Rock for a guy. It seems crazy, but it was for a blind guy. What? Yeah, he was—he okay. was legally blind. This fella, he big podcast fan. That guy. He, he would be. Yeah. I hope he listens. He. Um, he would take photos. He had a, a, I think it was early days of digital SLRs, 
and he had this one and he could zoom right in. He was taking photos over Ayers Rock as we were flying around it and he would put it right up to his face like to look at the camera. Um, I'm picturing, I was picturing like a Braille camera. So he takes the photo and it produces Braille and then just like pushes it on his face so he could feel the image. He, he, had, not a, like he had a little bit of vision. Had a, um, had a Labrador that would wag its tail when, the, when it looked good out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take the lab in the plane? No, he, 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 uh, I don't recall there being a dog. It definitely didn't take a dog in the airplane. I don't reckon he had a dog. No. <laughs> um, and you got your aerobatics license as well. Um, I've Isn't done, that an extra I've, course? It is an extra course, yeah. So aerobatics is uh, an endorsement on your license. A bit like um, retractable undercarriage and manual propeller pitch control and things. But um, yeah, so I, I did the uh, early training for aerobatics. That sounds fun. It's good. Friend told me, can't remember his name. Friend told me that those little four-seater Cessnas can do backflips. They are rated for um, under 2G manoeuvres, yes. So they could, so theoretically. Yeah, no, some of them are aerobatic rated. So yeah, you can definitely do aerobatics on, that, on those little ones. That does sound like fun. That does sound like fun. Um, anyway. <laughs> Moving on, you ever been in a plane, Phil? Little plane? Big plane? Yes. Uh, so we went up to Darwin uh, and played a couple of shows up there and was invited to go to Gove in Arnhem Land. Is that Nullumboy? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So like far east, it's like seven far hours, east, yeah. eight hours from Darwin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And... Um, we were in a, I reckon it might have been 16 seats. Twin so, engine. Yeah, twin engine propeller thing. Bob Chieftain. Yeah, it was, um, it was small. Oh, actually, it might have been like King, King Air, maybe turboprop. Yeah, but um, and our drummer, he hates flying at the best of times. And then we get to the airport and he sees this thing and he's like, I'm not going. And we're like, you're getting in that fucking plane. <laughs> like, we're going out there. They'll, like, you know, paying us well for starters. We knew we were doing it for the community that was out there because they'd started, you know, the town was shrinking because they'd wrapped up a bunch of stuff. Who, who paid for this? Uh, the government, like the local government. Yeah, thing. okay. Pay, they obviously had like an entertainment but, budget or something. Yeah. So exactly. you played in a band called This Is With The Grenadiers? Yeah, This Is With The Grenadiers. And they're a heavy metal band. Is that what you call it? Punk rock. Punk rock? It's yeah. pretty heavy to me. Yeah, there's a little bit of screaming. A lot of long hair on. and black clothing in the audience when I've been... <laughs> There's a lot of black. Punks wear black though. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. So I know that Jimmy hates flying because Jimmy didn't come. So back in the some of the early days, you'd come over and play gigs in Perth and stay at yeah, my place. That's right. And um, Jimmy wouldn't turn up because he hated flying that much. So uh, you'd think, import a different uh, there drummer. A there was a couple of like, reasons. I met him once, but uh, yeah. He, yeah, the other two times, you had a different drummer with you. That would have been Tom, I reckon. Yeah, it was Tom. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of those times he was actually in hospital because he was getting... He had a, a cyst in his chest, a chest like cut out. Uh, and then the second time he was over in France, actually. So there's a like a, a producer in America called Steve Albini, like really well known in sort of punk rock grunge community. Like um, he's worked on Pixies and I think and he's worked on heaps of great records. He did actually in utero with uh, Nirvana, Nirvana's yep. third album, and. Um, he so Jimmy went over there to do basically a two week course with him because um, Jimmy was a producer as well, and um, so then he didn't tour with us for about a month or so when we were touring. So Tom came along, but Tom was always always keen. He's always good value. He's, he had red hair. 
He had red hair, so and so did Je- Jesse. So that made two two of the three members. Uh, it, Je- Jesse was always stoked with that. You know, yeah. two two rangers in the van. So. Love staying at my place. Saw the red beard. Saw me for one of you guys. I wasn't. Yeah, I'm not. No. But you know, <laughs> I can assimilate <laughs> the, the the rang beard. Yeah. Um, so the Grenadiers. You had a few bands before that, didn't you? Yeah, like I've I've played music like in bands since I was about twelve. So. I started playing guitar in year two when I was still living in Melbourne at the time. Uh, and then I, my oldest brother, who's 10 years older than me, he started playing drums when I was about 10. And then I just started playing drums because he was. Uh, and basically was a drummer in a band for any band I was in between the ages of 12 and 25. And then I stopped playing as much and sort of went back to guitar a little bit more, but then ended up playing bass in Grenadiers. So... That's how that kind of is that the biggest out. band that you played in? Yeah, most They're popular and pro- definitely the most successful. I mean, uh, straight out of high school, even during high school, was in a band called Tony Foncho, which is like a funk metal sort of uh, Chili Peppers, but uh, Faith No More kind yeah, of yeah. that type of crossover. And um, we played Big Day Out here in Adelaide, and we would oh, you know we, we could sell you know three hundred tickets here in Adelaide. Um, got to go up to Byron and recording 301s up there with a, a guy called Paul Kucinix who's done heaps of stuff uh, over his time recorded Mars Volta and spends heaps of time with um, there's, a old, there's a Canadian band called The Tea Party Jeff Martin is like the singer of that he lives there now and works with him a lot And I think The Tea Party did they come to a big day I'm pretty sure I went to a big day out with The Tea Party at yeah I'm pretty sure that like yeah. in the like in the early early days of yeah it, so but yeah, but Grenadier is by early two thousands probably. Yeah, yeah, but Grenadier is by far like the busiest band I've ever been in. Um, the most sort of uh, recognition, I guess. They in got terms play, of, Vita Play on Triple J. Yeah, like we had a feature record on Triple J, which was pretty cool. Um, it was very much a surprise. I remember that day real clear because um, we had a manager who sort of just dropped us before we were about to put this record out. So and we were pretty. DIY anyway and um, we had a booking agent Harry who looks after Pierce, Pierce Brothers as well which is yeah been on the potty no, yep yep which is another Harry to their sister now I think or is that not that guy no different no, Harry. that guy not that different Harry right yeah. more than two yeah <laughs> talkie Harry oh Roger yeah and uh, yeah I was uh, at work and then Jesse messaged me and goes guess who you got this feature record for next week and I went don't fuck with me and he goes, would I fuck about with this? And I'm like, you are kidding me. Which is a, a little unknown sort of band from Adelaide and we got a feature record and it changed everything from there. Like we got to basically tour nonstop for the next three years wow. after that. Um, I think that year we ended up playing nearly close to 80 shows and I think we averaged about 60 shows a year for the next few years. So it's only 52 weeks in a year. Did so Triple J control the music industry in Australia or who gets in like there's a gatekeeper because that's obviously unlocked a lot for you but yeah is there anyone else like that gets you out there like how do you make it big in without Triple J Triple J definitely help because from a youth broadcaster yeah like yeah they definitely help the only other way you can get popular is touring and just continually touring like, you know, Smith Street Band or one of those, you know, they, they were a popular Melbourne band and they got a little bit of Triple J play, but they were selling out, you know, thousand people had capacity rooms 
and then started getting played kind of a lot more on the J's. Yeah. Um, but Triple J definitely helped just just from an exposure level because there's no other other than local community radios from a national broadcaster. There's nothing else that plays sort of that. I guess it's slightly more underground. Yeah. But what about Australian internationally? Music? Like, do you, you guys get a few downloads internationally, play a few gigs? Yeah, it's funny. Places. Like, you go into your Spotify, like, artist stats and you see where people are listening to you and you see some random countries. Germany, we got a bit of play over there, people listening to us from Germany. Um, States, Canada, UK, that type of thing. Yeah. Because I find that with the Pierce Brothers, I don't know if you know Ben Daz, but they're like, they have like a great show like they put on an epic show people yeah. love them overseas and they go massive but then they don't get played on triple j no like rarely they've, they've been on a couple of times but they just don't get the play and yeah. like as a i don't know whether it's the genres too full or whatever it is they don't get in there but yeah but like it's, you go and see a show and it's it's actually like going to see a show it's sick it's like, yeah that's boy. right so there's ways and means about it and it, and it's just about touring and getting in front of people and keeping up like that cycle yeah and just continually like you know you got to build on momentum and it's hard to keep on it but is it it getting harder now in a spotify i don't know would you call it spotify era like is it harder to it's funny i was just i can't remember what i was i was either reading or i was listening to something on youtube about spotify and it's funny like because everything was so driven by especially, you know, 2000s, you had your MTV um, or like those sort of influences that would, you know, pick the artists and certain certain cultures that that focus on, you know, it'd be uh, like My Chemical Romance or New Metal or whatever and they'd focus on a particular genre and that would get popular now. But with Spotify, you can basically curate whatever it is that you want to listen to and you don't have to get force-fed things anymore and so there won't be that like super art there'll be there'll be fewer like of those super popular artists out there there'll be a lot more sort of mid-tier artists i think moving forward i don't think like you'll see like another taylor swift for example or ed sheeran who kind of like came in at the end of being force-fed you know, this is the next hot thing. People are out there discovering their own music now. Yeah. It's a bit like podcasts. Like anyone can ha- get on there. There's more music, right? Yeah, like back that's when, right. yeah, that's like what I was thinking. The fifties, like the Beatles were massive. But yeah. It's just like because music sucked. Yeah, it was like well, the Beach Boys or the Beatles. Or everyone like, listened to radio. That's right. You only yeah, had you only had one outlet. The Wallace. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So now you got endless outlets of yeah. like trying to access new music or. I feel like movies I'm full. and some like, that. Like my music, I'm done with music. I found a new band the other day only because I met a guy. Yeah. We played on the potty last episode. It's awesome. Sounds like another band that I like. But apart from that, new music, I find it really hard to get motivated for because I listen to podcasts. Yeah, but also like, if you listen like, to mainstream radio, it's very oh, it's similar. It's, it's all it's the same. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just a, the same style of music with a different name attached to it. What's well, funny yeah. because like and TikToks probably the most recent thing that will influence like trends and all the rest of it but i went to um a deftone show i think it was last year maybe the start of this year and i was really weirded out because i was obviously expecting to see people in their sort of mid 30s to mid 40s i would say 60 to 70 percent of the crowd would have been 
between the ages of 16 and 25. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And it's all because of TikTok. And because for whatever reason, like a, a video will start trending and it's the Deftones song and then people go into Deftones. And even like my 15-year-old nephew, the same one that wants to get into flying a plane, he... My, my brother was messaging me saying, you never never guess what Aaron said today. He's like, have you ever heard of a band called the Deftones? You know, and, and he, he's like just discovered them. You know? Yeah. But so they've been around for like 30 years. So it's just funny how like trends cycle back. It's not just like, clo- you know, they always say clothing fashion always comes back. I think like... Man, clothing fashion is coming back. That yeah, 90s, 90s pop brand is like coming early back. early 2000s. I've pretty sure got a piping hot t-shirt hanging around still. It's going to be cool. Yeah. But the same things are now happening like musically, which is weird. Like that's that's not happened before. It's always like progressed. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That's I just wonder if how, yeah, you, you're never never going to know where it ends up. Yeah, or, or where it's going. But you know, and to, for must be difficult for artists to try and stay on top of that too. Really, get on. You TikTok. just got to do be doing what you do, and you just mm. who's um who's the biggest band you toured with. Um, the biggest tour, probably the biggest Australian band and the biggest tour we did, like is in amount of dates, which I think it was like 25 or six shows with British India. Yeah. Um, cause we did heaps of regional shows in the mix there. That was really good. Um, internationally, Mill and Colin from a Mill punk rock. So good. Yeah. So yeah. good. Oh. But Unwritten Law as well from the States. I came to that gig in yeah. Adelaide. Yeah. I was here. Fuck knows why, yeah. but I came to a gig and I like didn't think I knew that many songs. Yeah, and but I knew heaps. Yeah. Like, man, I'm I'm gonna get into them driving across the Nullarbor. Yeah, unwritten law again. That was um, they were pretty loose, hey. Like the yeah. guy was, if I remember correctly, the lead singer got on stage and was off his face for the first like, thirty minutes, and then he kind of like sobered up a bit. But he was flying. Were they loose? Yeah. Yes. I think l- that he's loose just from like being in a rock band for 30 years yeah. so yeah, I think this has probably changed his brain a bit and, yeah. and he goes I know so when we toured with him that year like he was he was drinking and partying and stuff um, but I know then he went like so he had like five years without touching anything he, for ages he drinks a bit now but like was his daughter there Caitlin Russo who's I don't know yeah I've got vague memories of something about his daughter what's that about why do I have uh, those memories is she so dating someone in the band or no uh, so uh, he wrote a song about her that's like a super popular song oh right okay. um, but she's like a, a muso in her own right now and I think she won a Grammy and stuff last year and stuff because um, she's a songwriter she does like she's still doing her own things but she writes songs for other people as well and won a, won a Grammy out of that which is pretty cool sick yeah. um, who's so like I want you to take me behind the scenes because I've been to couple of shows you played jackrabbit slims yep. in um perth and i was like which i went to the pierce brothers as well same venue yeah and i'm like in the green room which is this weird little room upstairs yeah. and i get to see like the back end of a band like yeah. well, not that back it's end that you know like no well i thought it's not super interesting like <laughs> because you're like behind the show it's like oh you get beers like you get a rider it's like yeah here have some beers like yeah do whatever you want. You go in and the, they've got their own, you know, there's a toilet up there and but the toilet has a very well-polished cistern in this um, particular venue. <laughs> I was like, oh, I see. The different toilet to downstairs. And like you get the behind the scenes kind of look at it and yeah. you see Jesse warming up his voice, gargling Betadine. Like yeah. that's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. 
Like, what's uh, talks through like bands getting a rider and like who's what's the rowdiest sort of shit you get on a rider? Or explain what a rider is. Uh, so rider is just basically your, your niceties that you get for playing. So or you request. Yeah. You tell them so what's happening. Yeah, you, you usually throw... Like you'll have a set um, list of stuff that you want kind of thing. And you can be as cheeky as you kind of like with it. But usually we'd, we'd go like a slab of like Cooper's Pale Ale, a bottle of Jamison, a uh, bunch of waters... Sometimes we'd ask for like pizza. If we were head- if we were the headline band, then we would always ask for pizzas and things Bit like food that. Food in there as well. Yeah, um, and so depending on the venue, and sometimes if the venue's cheeky, like how many tickets you sell, if you sell it out, they'll give you whatever kind yeah. of thing. But if 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 you haven't sold it out or whatever, they might not give you your whole your rider or whatever. Or sometimes you get super lucky and they're just real generous with what you get. Um, that that uh, show in Gove. Um, that we went and played, they basically just gave us a bank card and said, go nuts kind of thing. Get what you want. Get what you want. And then we did get what we want. We went backstage. It was still like a bottle, uh, two two bottles of scotch and a, and a carton of beers and there's only three people in the band. Yeah. So <laughs> do the math. Um, <coughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of how it works. You get, I know that's, uh, was, was reading. Um, the big bands, they'd order drugs too, right? Uh, I Let's think be, it'd just be. Tell us, they do. Probably. How do you, who gets those drugs? Which kind of people? The manager, someone, like because I always imagine, Somet- always wonder this. Sometimes right? audience people offer them up. Yeah, just put the call just, out just punters, to the audience. Just, the punters will like, like want to shake your hand afterwards, and then all you, all of a sudden you've got a bag of coke in your hand. Fuck yeah, I'm starting a band. <laughs> what what? Because like I do wonder about that. You know these big musicians. They turn up in town, and it's like no one's flying with drugs unless yeah. you're Snoop Dogg and you got your own jet. And like, that's what they, tour, tour managers do. That's what so, tour manager yeah. does. So they'll they'll basically bend over. They make sure that the bands get there on time, that they're not lost somewhere or left in the hotel. They basically add their beck and call to do whatever yep. needs to be done. And if they want something, then and they try and make it happen. No, yeah, something because like, yeah, I always wondered about that. Yeah, well, the perks, just the golden handshake. Have to take a bag of something to my next venue, next gig. <laughs> Don't know what I get them. Yeah, I've never thought about the logistics of that. I just figured band members would take their own stuff. Yeah, you probably yeah, can't. You're flying, getting on flights non-stop. Yeah. No. I've told this story many times. So I got on a plane with Coolio once. With oh, I've heard they're Coolio. Salt and pepper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sat yeah. next to Coolio. Back for playing. Like those guys did. We're not taking. They were sitting. There was like Virgin flight from Darwin to Perth. In economy, <laughs> me and Coolio sit in the back seat. Yeah, his time was done there. <laughs> they were not, <laughs> not flying up front. <laughs> I remember Jimmy came home from Queensland once and had like, it wasn't a lot of weed, but it enough in his snare case. He just forgot it was there. Just left it there. Yeah, <laughs> just forgot it was there. But, we, you know, it got through. It was fine. But if he'd had a potato, woof, they would have been straight onto him. Yep. <laughs> any fruit, Quarant- any fruit and vegetables. Yeah, fruit and <laughs> yeah, Banana, fruit apple, apple yeah. mate. Straight to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Bags we, and plants, fine. we just come back from a car event and, and a guy had six, I think it was six, uh, grapes in his cars. We crossed the border from Victoria back to South Australia and he got interrogated, photos taken. Yeah, waiting to hear. Wait, so hang on, did he offer up the gra- these six grapes? <laughs> were they in a wine bottle or they were pre pre wine? They were pre wine, pre crush. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were raw grapes. Yep. So, and, and they did they ask him 
if he had fruit I, and veg, he said no, and he forgot. No, about he said them. he said, oh yes, and they. We, we, it was part of a little pack we got for lunch, and we were crossing over the border, okay. and they they had the quarantine station open, and yeah, pulled him in, put the grapes on the table in front of him, just yeah, made him. Because my mum and dad, who like generally just stress out about shit, were like said exactly this. They're like. They got stopped and like someone got fined on the spot. I was like, no, no, you turn up to the gate. I've driven across borders. It's Australia, right? You turn up, they're like, have you got fruit and veg? You're like, yeah, here's yeah. the fruit and veg. I'll put it in the bin. Cool. Off you go. Off you go. Like you tell them what you, and, and they're like, no, no, you're getting fined for doing that because there's bins on the way up. I was like, yeah, but no one fucking stops. Yeah, but he didn't even get, wasn't even on the spot fine. That was, uh, you'll hear from us. So ah. I, I haven't heard. What the outcome was, but yeah, it was, yeah, a, it was pretty it serious. Like, you know, he was desert. Julian Assange sort of shit. Photo in I'm, front I'm of him with the grapes. of like, you know, <laughs> dragged into like an interview room. It wasn't like... an interview room. It was exactly that. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. He was telling the story. We thought he was taking the piss. And it, it was like deadly serious. He, said, nah. he goes, I, I thought I, I was a criminal in there getting my photo taken with the grapes. My driver's license. He should have gone full rogue, just eating them. Like, in, <laughs> like eating the drugs. It's like, what mud crab? What grapes? Oh, <laughs> 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 Just eating them. No evidence. <laughs> Straight to hospital, get his stomach pumped for that evidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so, was... what state was that to go? No, I missed it. That was come back in SA. So, we were, uh, we were uh, I'm already back in from here. Mildura. Yeah, I no, was going to say, is it Mildura? Riverland. They it was, yeah, heading back into the Riverland. Yeah. 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 Hectic. No, good. You'd fly flying some stuff over the borders, wouldn't you? <laughs> Oh, no, I don't. Speaking of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never got approached that. What's luckily? the payload of that light aircraft again? $30,000 annual income. Like. No, we never had any of that. Uh, was it? Do you ever get offered that sort of stuff? Never, never. Stuff never. In? No. no. What, um, when, when I was at uh, Wilpena and you bought in some memorabilia, this is epic thing. We had, um, uh, you can tell a yarn, but a certain car driver <laughs> might have had yeah, an incident. One- one piece of memorabilia here. I've got a little bit of perspex that came off the windscreen of a chopper that crashed right in front of my eyes. But um, yeah, no, fairly famous V8 supercar driver he was coming into land. He was staying with us on his way back from the Hidden Valley race. You can say his name now. It was 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Larry Perkins. Larry Perkins. Yeah, he used to fly himself around. Um, he originally flew an aeroplane, then he got into his chopper. That he, he was yeah coming into land to stay with us, and he was going to land right in front of me, which was where we normally park our aeroplanes. So I signaled to him. I said, across, across the other side of the runway, mate. Like, on, so know, this is your fault now? It, no. Well, <laughs> no, it's actually, I saved his life possibly because okay. ha- had he not moved the helicopter and that occurred as he was taking off perhaps at the other end, he might not be here today. We don't know. No, you're true. It could have also happened over the Flinders Ranges where there's nowhere to put it down. But um, yeah. yeah, so the helicopter was coming in. So when he went to move, as he was coming to land... Um, it sort of touched down and everything looked fine and it lifted again and then shot sideways and then went back down. As it went down, it snapped the right skid off. So it dived onto its uh, right-hand side, blades hit the ground, blades and debris were flying everywhere and I was watching, oh, this is not good. So I ran, I grabbed the fire extinguisher from our shed, ran across to the helicopter thing. You know, I've seen too many movies and this thing's going to burst into flames at any second. <laughs> uh, and so it had come to rest on its uh, right-hand side and the passenger, which sits in the left side of a chopper, she lifted the door up as Larry's wife and um, Sarah. And I said, are you okay? You know, is your passenger okay? She said, yeah, we're okay, we're okay. And I didn't actually know who it was at the time. So 
she got out and this the pilot he's walking around and he's scratching his head and he's looking at the back of the chopper and he's and I, I'm going mate are you alright and he's he, oh, I don't know what happened and anyway we you've crashed yeah That's no he knew he, no that was not a problem <laughs> this is the thing he was so with it you know I mean he I didn't realise I, I still hadn't realised it was Larry Perkins at the time um, he'd been through plenty of plenty of shunts oh yeah true he knows so, what an accident looks like this was uh, this this was yeah anyway so he. Um, he goes, I, I don't know, you can't work it out because he was looking for damage on the tail rotor. He's, He's looking for a plastic bag stuck in the grill. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Kang- kangaroo or a rock. Yeah, kangaroo or a rock, one and something. But, no, so, um, yeah, so they got out and um, we went back to the resort. As I was going back to the resort, I had phone range, so I rang the boss and I said, mate, we just had a helicopter crash. He goes, oh, shit, that's Larry. I said, Larry? He goes, Larry Perkins. I was like, oh, now that you mention it, it does look like <laughs> him. <laughs> I, I'd completely forgotten that he was coming in. Uh, yeah, so I spent the next uh, day with him pulling it apart so they could take it back to their workshop and investigate. And as they were pulling it apart, they found a failed bolt on the, the mast uh, that yeah, uh, he had lost control of the, the rotors effectively so he couldn't yeah, control it. Fair dinkum. Well, yeah. Could have been a disaster. Uh, yeah, and that could have happened mid-air. So, and it really? might be that there was enough load on it that, it that it didn't and it was not until they actually... When it hits went, the ground, went to land, it, yeah, yeah that, and it occurred, or yeah, it could have happened anywhere. So yeah, wow, very, very interesting. That's a sliding doors sort of moment. And Jackie's son came and picked him up because so this is when I, Brad and I were still working there, and it was all a bit hush hush. And Brad, big motor racing family, and um, yeah. he was working front of house. Fuck knows how he got that job, and I was the dish pig job. So he was running <laughs> meals out, but he got to run a meal out to to Larry Perkins, run his steak out or something. He was frothing on it. Yeah, yeah, at the time. and uh, love fantastic like that. Yeah, very appreciative. We we spent a day with the front end loader with them, with the national parks guys, and helped them pull the chopper down so they could load on a car trailer. And I don't I didn't get to meet Jack, but. Um, I met Larry and Sarah. I said, oh, I'd love to go to Bathurst one day. She said, you make sure you look us up. They were still racing then. I think Jack was, that would have been the VE, nah, yeah, maybe the VE. Nah, it would have been a VY Commodore day, I reckon, back then. But Should we give him a call? So I've still never been to Bathurst. Yeah, okay. I've, I've, I've never been there for a race. I've been there I'll since. Tell you, I'm Darren. <laughs> you remember me? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You look a bit familiar, but yeah. yeah I've grown a beard and lost <laughs> my hair. I'm coming. So, yeah, no, um, I, I've... I took a photo of my Tirana in front of uh, the sign at Kawanji where Larry's got his you know, home of Larry Perkins and I sent it to Jack and I got a reply. So, yeah, Did you? I was pretty oh, chuffed. That's cool. Yeah. So, was, so now I've got the... I was right into the V8s as a kid. Like, yeah. I remember most years I'd watch Bathurst and like set up like a racetrack sort of trying to like work it out with like pens. Would I just use pens and pencils and like drive my matchbox cars around. It's amazing. We went there. So we actually got to go there on the, the, the Aussie muscle car run one year. And I've watched it countless times on TV and you talk about it, you know, and, you know, I've got my uncle's a mad Peter Brock fan and, you know, so they're, I'm the same, you know, love love my Holdens and, you know, we had a Craig Lowndes poster that we burnt one year when he defected to Ford. That was, that was big. <laughs> but, um, when you fun, c- I was into it too because my old man worked at Holden for 20 years. So I had all the posters all the kid and i'd end up with all this signed merchandise which as a kid was like cool but also like oh there was so much of it yeah it wasn't that special yeah yeah, yeah. we still got a bit of bit of stuff like, kicking around yeah. it's in the blood when we to. went there you you actually there's a aura around bathurst and i would never experienced that until i got there and i thought wow you know this place is special it, uh, yeah so we're, we're heading back there this year actually on on our fundraising event which is great but 
yeah, I'm pretty thankful to be able to do that sort of thing yeah, now. That's very cool. Later in life. Do you camp up there on the hill? Have you ever done that? Uh, we were, no, nah, we uh, we did it tough. We were in the ridges. We, we could walk <laughs> out from our room and overlook the track. But oh, I man. think I think if you want to do it properly, you've got to go and camp up on the hill. Yeah. Bury, bury some beer in the hill bef- the week before. Like, what is, They still have a limit on beers like, to, that you can take in and it's one carton per person per day. Yeah, um, which is like the greatest limit of all time. Like, yeah, what? that's right. Bracy, <laughs> BYI. It's like yeah, wedding it's BYI. I probably it's drink like, a carton. Yep, that, that's the limit. Yeah, that's the limit. No more. It's like yeah, all right. And my two-year-old, he's also got his cartons. Yeah. We're here for four days. Yeah, <laughs> like it's interesting. Actually, we we got to meet Shane Jacobson on the uh, who's Kenny from you know on TV. He mm-hmm. um, when he he does a skit on his show where they. Uh, on Kenny, where they, you know, they're at a racetrack and there's a truck that goes that ends up in the race on the track. That actually occurred at Bathurst. So what? Yeah. How? Uh, they thought the race had finished, and so they sent the truck out because they they did that. They toilets get burnt. That you know the joint gets trashed. Um, obviously, we don't get to hear about it because uh, you know it's not great publicity for supercars. But no. So anyway, that yeah, and the truck went out the track to go and retrieve. I think the toilets and uh, ended up in the race. How'd it go? Last? Uh, yeah, not good. Pretty, a few Q cars are lapped down. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Beat, beat some of the DNFs. <laughs> Madness. Um, you, you, Daz, you also... I haven't actually asked you about this ever, but you grew up on Kangaroo Island. Kangaroo Island. And yeah. as one of a twin, you were saying you can't be born there. Uh, yeah, so yeah. When, when I was born, well, when 1986 vintage, at that time, they, they, they go through phases on Kangaroo, depending on who the doctors are, where you can have children or not and at that time you could have kids but not twins so we were born in Adelaide be like but China <laughs> <laughs> just one at a time they keep the other twin he's around he's still around oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I was a better twin of course but <laughs> yeah fair although enough. I did get evicted from Kangaroo I don't know if I ever told you that nah. evicted yeah but by my mum not by the, you know, everyone <laughs> <laughs> what happened how did you get evicted the whole from island is running at him with pitchforks yeah like, that's get the right. fuck out of here it wasn't, it wasn't quite that bad no we uh, well it was my fault you know I was uh, a delinquent teenager in my fifth, when I was 15 I, I borrowed mum's car for a night and uh, got caught out and uh, so we were yeah we were hooning around of course and like, mum still tells the story she said they were sitting up at my honey and uncle's place listening to this car hooning around the streets of Kingscote. So, oh, whose children are they? Gee, they should be, they should be home. Someone should be looking after them. It was, it was us. And, uh, yeah, and the police come around the next day. I knew my goose was cooked. Well Is it true. pretty, um, like, how many people live on Kangaroo Island? There's about 4,000. I think I don't think it's changed much from when I was there. There's about 4,000 people on the island. Probably less. Spread out. Half the place burnt down a few years ago. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the numbers have changed. Yeah. And are like, folks still there? Uh, Mum's still there. No, I live in. Uh, well, my, my father's in Adelaide. And he works with us, but yeah. So mum and a lot of family still over there. Small place to grow up. Like it's a country town, but it's worse than that because it's a ferry or a flight away. Yeah, that piece of water has its advantages and disadvantages. But you know, as a kid, I think I couldn't ask for a better childhood. Yeah, you know, it's a great place to grow up. You know, mateship and uh, you know, cl- a close community offers a lot in that respect. But then. It can also take away, you know, if you get stuck there, you know, it's hard opportunity-wise. So, you know, unless you're a, a farmer's son or, you know, someone that might be looking at, you know, 
hand me down you know family business or something it, it can be very difficult yeah so there's certainly not the opportunities that you have in Adelaide or on the mainland other locations have, you, have you been back since the fires uh yeah yeah we were lucky actually in 2020 after the fires we went over there for a car cruise we, we, it was like a, you know bushfire cruise we, we wanted to go over and we took we took a heap of people with us they do an event every year called the sprints so we went over took uh, a few car friends went and did a cruise around the island it was basically the last weekend before lockdown before everything shut down uh and it was it was uh eerie to see you know you're driving along and you see there's melted signs on the side we were, we were really lucky so my, my uncle's on the council he went he was straight in there with his front end like that uh, like you know removing livestock and wildlife and that he said that was really confronting yeah. for us it was obviously you could see the devastation uh in in the vegetation but then you know this when you're driving past metal signs that are like still melted and um that was you know an eye-opener for us and then i think for me we drove back into our our old footy club and part of the club burnt so the main club rooms which is the old community hall so you know that's uh western districts where, where we grew up was actually soldier settlement town it was meant to, meant to be a, a town but of course there was never ever enough people to, to support another town um you we drove in there you could see where the clubhouse was and you know it's really sad and then there's the, the playground as a melted slippery dip and i remember looking at that thing and like it just hits home when, you know when i think kids are affected like that you think yeah, yeah. it's just horrible yeah. so i remember the vision of of the ki one in particular obviously there was heaps of vision going around because it was fires everywhere but the ferocity of that particular fire yeah. was just something why else. was it so bad it was just i think the there was so much wind and it was so dry so, so it started it in the national park yeah, and it just moved so quickly. Yeah, it wasn't contained quickly. And then there was a cool change. It's just like the perfect storm of conditions. So cool change. So the, so the w wind burnt the fire from sort of north to south. There's a hot northerly yeah. blowing. So it, so it blew the fire front from north to south. Kangaroo Island's um, wider east to west. Yeah. So it blew out. It blew along a big front. And then the wind changed with a cold front. But because it was such a long front, it just blew the whole front then towards oh, the yeah. east. So, perfect like yeah crisscross yeah it just you know and they couldn't it was in national park you know they lost something like 90 percent of the national park but it, it yeah created such a long front and then it just blew across you know i mean there was two people killed in the fire but it's amazing knowing how isolated it can be down that western end of kangaroo that there wasn't more people affected you know which is a obviously a real credit to cfs and people and people heeding the word and getting out of there yes good yeah. communication I think so. Pro probably now. We're probably lucky now with mobile phones. You know, they can ping a tower and get a message out to anyone that's in the area. Uh, once upon a time, that would have been much, much worse. Yeah, yeah going back to the Melbourne fires and the, that lack of communication there. And, yeah. You know, four, what was that 450 people died in those those Victorian fires that year? Yeah, I feel like it's a good, like, generational eye-opener. Yeah. Like, people remember that. Like, 2008, I was driving across the Nullarbor again at the time <laughs> we're in Brad and I are in um, Fishery Bay where's that Lincoln National Park Lincoln yeah down there and it was the most the eeriest thing because we'd followed that like heat that high the yeah. whole way across it was just dead still hot weather and we were there like the, the weirdest thing you couldn't hear a sound like no water lapping at the edge it was just like this yeah. real eerie <clears> time <throat> we'd just listen to the radio of what was going on 
and like the smoke and you know, like even though I wasn't even there but later on even six 12 months later I did some work like at cleaning up houses that was still yeah. smoke damaged and stuff yeah. like that for it and you kind of it's that generational like off oh, fire is a real big deal I even but, remember it just like the weather in Adelaide like I, I just remember like seeing a newspaper on the Sunday because obviously it was you know the Saturday was the 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 real devastating day but even Adelaide like it was still that had an eerie feeling about the heat like it was just something about the weather like just so still so hot and, and even like it felt like the sky here felt weird even though it's you know thousand k's away kind of thing but yeah. it was just yeah something about that you know particular front just full on Tash got evacuated three times during Black Saturday like through through like the, that summer I should say yeah and um yeah, remembers it all too well. When we first moved up here, we'd only been here, oh, maybe five months, and she was like thirty-seven weeks pregnant with Sunny, and um, we had a the fire that came through the uh, Cuddly Creek. Yeah, Cuddly yeah. Creek, and then through like Mylor, it like wrapped around and managed to jump over the the freeway somewhere. And she was like, "We got to go," and I'm like, we're, "It's heaps far away. We're gonna be okay." And we did end up leaving anyway because yeah. she was just a bit stressed, but immediately brought back like Black Saturday. And yeah. it was, you know, 15 years I mean, after. I, I can still remember our farm was on the border of Flinders Chase National Park and like, it was actually one of the few farms that survived uh, the, the last fires. But I just remember uh, it's usually lightning that will start a fire there. There are a lot of ironstone, so the lightning strikes and it's dry and it's been hot. Um, and yeah, we had a fire in the national. I can remember evacuating to our shearing shed as I don't know, it would have been probably six or seven. Uh, it's just the scariest thing that glow and the smoke mm. and the yeah, yeah. Steve was um doused by what they call Elvis the chopper. Oh, yeah, he was on his roof and chopper came over. Obviously, he's just doing his load kind of thing, and he got absolutely smashed by the helicopter. Got washed like, off oh, the roof. Well, that's probably that's probably better than me doing this. I'm going to go now, kind of thing. And yeah, he, like, yeah. he left and like caught up with like the, the rest of the family and like, what happened to you? He's like helicopter. <laughs> yeah, got wet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is incredible when you look at you know the footage that emerges from it. Now we never used to get that unless there was a news crew there. Whereas now everyone's got a camera that and that's they're filming. Right. You know, I just think you know, and I, you watch some of the videos and there's fire trucks driving through the fire front and the, you know we're so lucky with the systems they have on them now that you know halo systems <laughs> trucks burning and yeah but it's just it's not something it seems to be about every 12 years over there actually it yeah. seems to be it's, it's about right yeah are things back to normal over there now yeah they're still trying to rebuild you know probably the the biggest loss was the southern ocean lodge was you know um down near handsome bay that that's taking a long time to rebuild but i think in terms of tourism i think um, it's as busy as ever, if not busier. I don't know that. Man, people love camping still. Fuck me. Can everyone just go back to Bali? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's everywhere right. you go, it's so maybe, busy. Maybe Bali's open. so expensive people at the moment, realize. though. Bali? Yeah. Flying air, in general. Airfares really anywhere. It's horrible, man. Fucking, I'll tell you what's expensive the fines in Innes National Park for not camping correctly. Fuck, I wish I had an extra couple of days there. We, I was going to call them. I still might do that and just ask about their booking system. If you yeah. listen to the podcast, you understand I got fingered by the <laughs> Ennis National Park. You got fingered by the neighbours. I got fingered by the dodgy neighbours in the green Pajero. Well, I'll never forget, I've been driving with my eyes open watching. Well, I normally drive with my yeah, eyes every open. Every dog has his day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking find them. 
um, yeah, not cool. But yeah, people, man, camping's popular, huh? What's to do on Kangaroo Island? It's one place, oh, there's plenty of places in Australia I haven't been, but yeah, never got over there. Yeah. Should I go? What am I doing? You definitely should go. Are you coming? Can we just fly there? We can, we can fly there. It's, yeah. it's so, it's like, yeah, what so are you tomorrow, quick. it's Sunday. Uh, I'm a bus drive tomorrow, yeah. Oh, for a Pilates <laughs> outfit or something, eh? Uh, yeah, nah, for a, um, yeah, for a good good friend who, who um, owns and runs a gym. He's looking after his workers. He's, he's one of the most generous people you meet. But he, um, yeah, so I've got to drive a bus for him. So, no, nah, we'll, we'll put the flight to Kangaroo on, on the back burner for a minute. But, but if you go there, it is, it's a, such a, I mean, it's so unique in what it can offer. I guess tourism, you know, you could be at one end of the island where you're, you know, standing on the edge of rugged, cliffs with seals you know jumping around everywhere then there's these pristine beaches um walking through caves to get to some of those beaches and you know it's just uh, uh but wildlife and yeah it's sort of still feels largely untouched it is getting busier especially when you talk to locals you know it's busier than, than they've ever seen it's a bit of surf so a few waves around there's, few pa- waves. there's a bit of yeah. surfing there I could, yeah I could get hooked up with some good surf spots i always look at um like get on realestate.com go like Two acres, minimum price, and look around. A couple popped up on Kangaroo Island. I don't know if they were like leases or something, but they're relatively cheap. Yeah. Kind of near the ferry terminal. Yeah, yeah. On North that side. I know what you're talking. Yeah, so not far from Penny Just Shore. bush blocks. Like, I don't know what's to do there. Yeah, and like south coast of KI, uh, you know, if you head out along that south coast towards Vivon Bay, there, you know, there's still, it's, there's plenty of opportunities to buy stuff, but it's uh, you know if you want if you want to get away, like that's a lot of people do that. They build their little retreat there and you know, get away from busy life in Adelaide, I guess. And yeah, doesn't seem like a bad thing. I just figured I'd never been there. Yeah, I probably won't get use out of it if I no. bought a bush block. No, but if you, if you start going surfing over there, I'll fly over whenever you want. But yeah, no, it's definitely some good surf spots. It is pretty rugged though. Some of the spots are. Yeah, yeah, I'm just staying on your farm. It's a little bit sharky. If you're flying me over. <laughs> it's a bit sharky. It's pretty sharky, I just sharky, saw yeah. some a little kid got chomped in Exmouth. Only yeah, a nib- right. nibbled, though, allegedly. Okay. No, they're fine. You're a, you're full of the news today. Mate, I'm, I'll keep up with the news, you know? I've got nothing else to do. It's one advantage you're driving. <laughs> yeah. Man, fuck, I spent some time on my phone driving. I feel really bad. I want to talk about it so I can... Make this an intervention because <laughs> I, I basically from Torquay to here watched the WSL surfing on my phone the whole time. <laughs> I had it because it Bluetoothed up, so I was like listening to it, and then I just watched the waves. Uh, I'm like, you know, as they were calling it out, but yeah, too much time on the phone driving. I need, and the Nullarbor is no better for it. I don't know. I think I'm just like in that mode of like, oh, you think of something, I'll write it down on the phone, or look mm. at it, or do it, or text that person. And it's like. When you're driving solo, though, like you, you can kind of understand it. You don't, you can't be like, "Hey, can you just, yeah, you know, to who, your passenger or whoever, can you, you like, just scroll my Facebook memories?" <laughs> I, I was guilty sure. of um, isolating the passengers in my aeroplane and listening to the cricket on eight nine one. We could dial in the AM yeah. radio stations, yeah, and the on the flight, and you'd look around. There'd be someone, you could see their lips moving, and you couldn't hear a thing because you've isolated them. <laughs> So, sorry, you flick it off and talk yeah, to Yeah, just him. to the left is... Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, out of here. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you can see this tall piece. that yeah. <laughs> The formations, as you can see below. Have you got that voice? Have you got it? Uh, still got your tourist to voice? If you look at... If you look Lawnsley at to, Bluff. I reckon um, you'd have a good thing. captain's voice. Like, yeah. Give yeah. us the takeoff chat. You got to um, call okay. in, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll paint the traffic. Yeah. Cessna 206, Whiskey Far November. Taxiing runway one eight. 
just in case Larry's coming in unannounced. Yeah, well, we used to get it too. We we had a guy actually. It was amazing the day I was the day I was driving to Woolpena, an aeroplane land, went to land there, overran the airstrip and hit a, a bit of a ditch at the end, so it sort of stopped in the ditch. And they were okay, so. Um, I was getting all these phone calls from people as I was driving up there going, uh, have you started work today? Cause I, and the worst thing was the guy said, oh, I thought it was another airstrip. He, what? He thought it was it, so he's landed somewhere. Yeah. Ben, so, it's, these, I don't know if it was the times, they were rogue, like um, uh, back then. Or <laughs> sometimes, no, nah, I think uh, it's probably more like fatigue. would have been later in the afternoon. He's probably flown from somewhere and was just ready to be there and sees the first airstrip and goes, so there it is. There can't be that many around here. Mind you, there was. There was lots because, you know, every farmer had an airstrip. Um, but, yeah, that, ours was a east-west airstrip and the one he was going for was north-south. Oh, so yeah. he, he should have known. Yeah. <laughs> proper, proper poor form. I just remembered then when Brad and I left, you were flying and we'd um, flown out. We'd driven out to the T-junction of the gate and we were like, we'll wave to this aircraft. But basically just got nude at the junction and stood on our car <laughs> and you were like oh yeah I'll wave goodbye and like we saw the plane like turn dip the wings to uh, to come around us and then as soon as you realised it was a very quick <laughs> abort abort there's <laughs> just two naked dudes waving at this aeroplane do you remember point. that was it you or, or I, don't know. I, don't know it, I don't know if it was me but I um, there was, there was hills at the end too which you know might have been just an evasive maneuver oh, they spotted us yeah. we got a dip of the wing and then a quick turn yeah. <laughs> I was me, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> There's some loose, loose times there, but that, like even on distracted driving, like the habit of me just with my phone wanting to, you know, I'm not at work. I don't have the light box to stare into anymore. But now I'm like attached to my phone, and I feel like if someone messages me or calls me, I should get back to them. You feel because, like you get back straight away. I know. Because for the last four months, I've had no excuse not to. I'm either surfing or I'll like reply to them. Yeah, and and like so it's breaking that habit. But when we we're at Wilpena, we used to throw like give our phones to the pilots to go up and you'd do a fly around and we get all our text messages, receive them. Yeah, that's right. And then right. come back down and you get them. And even like we went a couple of weeks without reception and it was sweet. Like you drive back into reception out of the Kimberley or wherever we were, your phone would go beep, 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 text mum, yep, still alive. And then like you get all these messages, you're like, fuck it, I can't be bothered. Like who cares? I've, I haven't replied to them for. But three just remember to, re- like- to reply to a text message, you had to, you had to push the buttons multiple yeah, yeah, times. Yeah, oh, two, 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 two. But you could <laughs> text without having to look at it, whereas you can't do that now. So that, that was probably a safer method. You could at least do that. And 160 characters, you don't get essays. 30, like 35 cents for 160 characters or whatever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember the first ads? Do you remember um, John Farnham and Wheatley? Well, who was his manager? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the, whoever his manager was they, I can't even see his face Yes yeah. I can picture him Glenn yeah. Wheatley Glenn, Glenn Wheatley, Wheatley Yes yeah. Yeah. And they're sitting in the cinema Like texting yeah. each other Or something And they're like What's this? Like advertising text messages Text messages It's like yeah. fuck That was a useless ad wasn't it? They really took <laughs> off <laughs> Like they They really got some traction And like Yeah they're back in the day That's how he announced His comeback tours Was just it? Text, just, just text people Just anyone Come back His last tours Yeah Sorry, yeah, he's the last... Well, or maybe both. Wasn't he crook in hospital? Did he die? He's been, nah, no, he didn't he die. Was, I think he had tongue cancer. Yeah, yeah. Not good. Too much yelling. He needs to get on the um, better day. The better day. I don't know if that helped Jesse, Jesse's voice. But, you know. Yeah, he had some screaming lungs. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's the same, though. Like, it's funny, like... Because I've sung a l- for a long time and a mixture of, like... Screaming, 
and heavy music and punk and no normal but uh, like i can't scream anymore for sure like every, every now and then i'll i'll be listening to something in the car and i'll you know i haven't warmed up or anything but i'll give it a crack i'm like yeah i'm not gonna do that again yeah are you still making music phil yeah yep so um when you asked the question before about what i'm frothing on yeah is that did so i ask you what's got you frothing no nah, but i'm gonna do it now Fuck. do it now hour in Phil, what's got you for a rotten man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am frothing. So, as I said, like I, I was only ever really a drummer in a band for like 15 years between, well, maybe not quite 15, but, you know, until I was sort of 25 and then I was like, I'm going to start playing guitar in bands and bass and grenadiers and whatnot. But um, I've had a friend who just came back from Melbourne after living there for 10 years. And um, so we've started jamming and I've started playing drums again. And I literally... I don't. I think it was. Betw- I think it was about six years between setting up my kit, and so the last time I filled in for a band, uh, a band called Bad Dreams, um, and played Laneway, which was awesome because it was about six, seven thousand people watching us. Yeah. So it was a sick gig, and then put it away, and then I just haven't busted it out again. And so it was r- really. It was a, a weird feeling. It was kind of like riding a bike to a degree, but where the bike still feels like unfamiliar. And so you the, do things. The bike's got a rusty chain. Yeah, like you do like both either just setting up as well. You're like, oh, is this is right height because everything's angles and heights and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's still too high or too low or whatnot. Like you know, and then even just playing, uh, still got time and whatnot because you you don't lose your timing when you're playing other instruments. But just like physically, like, and you you do some wacky stuff because you're using all four limbs and all the rest of it instead of just your hands with playing guitar. Um, but yeah, it's just like dusted off the cobwebs and we're, we're jamming sort of, you know, pretty regularly and it's it's nice to play drums again. And I've, Shit, it's yeah. so good for my head as well, like just to be able to be creative again after not doing heaps, uh, like with other people at least um, for the last couple of years. But yeah, it's been writing heaps of stuff here. So I've sort of been slowly working on a, a record for probably the last eight, nine months. So, so what what's it called? I don't know. It doesn't even have a name yet. But okay. it's just one of those. Yeah. 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 I don't know or doesn't have a name yet. Doesn't have a name yet. But yeah, just like sort of uh heavier but instrumental stuff. Which is um it's just good to play. So well, who's the most important guy in the band? Is it the bass player, the singer, the manager in the what, guy who gets the writer or the drummer what, <laughs> in what context songwriting in general. or in general just in general who's pulling that band together because the bass player always say it's a bass player but you can unplug the bass player at times and like the band will keep going I think regardless if you have a shit front man if you're, if you're a band with a singer yep. the rest of the band could be kicking ass but if you've got a boring front man yep. or someone who's just bad at it, yeah. then that'll put you off. Because that's, that's, the, that's the linkage, right? Like for, for, yep. for a punter in the crowd is, is that connection with the guy that's singing words, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you think about people like Harry Styles, artists like that, that come out, they're like, they're singing and they're just the front man. Yeah. Like, I mean, should they have a band? He can play some music, can't he? he? he uh, yeah. As far as I'm aware, like I don't know heaps about him but like he can play music he writes his own bits and pieces like 
um, he'd have a stack of songwriters that would help help him write. But you know, I think it's pretty cool where he's come from to what he's doing now. And you know, even like the guy that I'm jamming with, like um, he's even like a fan of him. And Carl's like the least person I would have thought would like a One Direction dude. Like he, we've, again, we've both just grown up in the like sort of punk and heavy communities and he's like I love him he's awesome right yeah big it's the kind of like we did grow up with the Backstreet Boys as well through primary school all of us we probably you probably would have got into that surely Backstreet Boys yeah come on I was still alright oh, I, I had older I siblings so I grew up well you know I was like I remember like sneaking out of bed when my brothers were watching uh, like the Grammys and Pearl Jam and Nirvana are like playing at the Grammys in the early 90s and I was like six like yeah Sneaking out of bed and watching it with them, kind of thing. So that's that's what I grew up listening to. She had good influence with older brothers. Yeah, I just Definitely remember helps. Rage. Yeah, Rage. Yep. Yeah, in the morning was that you know, I don't know if it was pre cartoons or what, but you'd always turn the TV on and be Rage would come up. Yeah. What's your most embarrassing CD in the collection? Did you have tapes? Did you have oh. Walkman? I had a Walkman. I, Darryl, don't think it, um, I had Braithwaite, Daryl Braithwaite, and Craig McLaughlin. Do you remember Roxette? Nah, <laughs> what's Roxette with this like Swedish like duo, like a guy that sang, um, you know that you've got the look. Got the look. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, I know. That's, yeah. that's Roxette. Wasn't that the Shields? Um, yeah, that was that. Yeah, yeah. was that um, Alfred Ben Simons? That's the, the, the one. fellow that. That's, yeah, yeah. That's the look. South Australian that's thing. It, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were tapping into SA pop culture here. Yeah. I want more actually hey, SA cult. pop culture. I've because I've spent a bit of time here. Dated a girl from here. Or two, and uh, you know, so I've, I've spent some. I know about hence, frog cakes. Hence, hence the connections. Yeah, yeah. you got to got to get on just Adelaide things on Insta. They what is it? it just, is just Adelaide, Adelaide things. things. Yeah, okay. a lot of that. You know, you know, Magic Mountain, Razzle Dazzle Land, <laughs> and all this random stuff comes up like those Shields ads. Yeah, you know, and you go, oh, that's right. You know, it's, yeah. What are frog cakes? Because they're a thing, right? That's it. That's a, I've honestly never had one. Oh no, they're Belfers. Belfers. I've yeah. never had one, but you know they're. It's like, a, it's, like a cream, yeah. it's like a cream. Yeah, it's like a cream marshmallow on top with a lamington below. Or not, yeah, I think it's just cream and lamington, and then it's got like icing on it, and it looks like a frog. Kind of looks like a frog. It looks a bit like a frog. Yeah, I'm getting one of them tomorrow. Apparently, they're like ten bucks or something. They're yeah, like, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to get one. I went to local bakeries. I'm gonna go get something. The Belfers is the local pie around here, isn't it? So Villies. You got the Villies Cafe I, just I, off. Yeah, I, actually, that'd be near your joint. Yeah, you? it's near us. Yeah, yeah. I'd advocate for Villies. Yeah, think, yeah, I would as well. Belfers right. are, you know, I think more if you, you know, you go to the football. They always seem to have Belfers pies. Belfers is your four and twenty. Yeah, you know? about it. But I was in IGA, also one of the. <laughs> Thing that fuck, I forget every time until I get here, and it really cracks me up. But the checkout people at IGA in South Australia wear tires, they wear tires. It's so good, they look like private school kids. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if they're up here, they probably are. <laughs> yeah, but it's so well, that's funny. That's you start, isn't it? That's like, right. legit, yeah, you learn you know, work ethic, and they're dressed nicely. And it's just, it's not, it's yeah, it looks out of place, it's weird. But I enjoy it. I appreciate it. A little bit of Adelaide I think? So I, my first job was working at Coles. And I'm pretty sure I had to wear a tie at Coles. You might have back in the day. They definitely don't now. Yeah, that's they true. Really lowered their standards then. But IGA... Nothing wrong with teaching people Romeo's. You know, a bit of work ethic and you know, pride in your dress and things like that. You know, There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong at all. I mean, take off the blazer from like, you know, their, their $30,000 a year private school and... 
put on a black tie and a what black shirt. What are the private schools around here? What are the real ones not, that you want to punch the kids at the bus stop? Uh, my, PAC? Well, sorry? PAC? Would that yeah. be probably the... What's that? Uh, or Prince Alfred College would be is, one of the biggest. Is there another P P one? There's Pembroke as well. Pembroke. I feel like there's another Pulteney. Pulteney. Pulteney Grammar. Pulteney Grammar, isn't it? Yeah. We had an exchange student come, not even, she was in Melbourne for something, music or whatever, and she stayed at her house. Massive nerd. And uh, Pulteney, I'm pretty sure she came from. Yeah. yeah. Um, or there is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's Urbray. offensive, but it's just Urbray. what I remember. No, Urbray's. I got. I made some whatever. Urbray's a country school. So it is. So, yes. but because you know when I'm driving to work, like I see all the buses for the, the particular schools. But Urbray is like a a rural uh, high school in the city. So all the all like the farmers' kids. That's you, boarding. Yeah, I never went to Urbray. I, my dad was in Adelaide by the time. So at the same time. My mates moved to Adelaide, I moved to Adelaide and they went to Urbray. So they were boarding, having the time of their lives. Remember, I was living at home, you know, under fairly strict rules and I went to just a public school down in Port Adelaide. It was pretty rough. We had a good footy team, you know, we were pretty rough and tumble. But yeah, so all my mates were at Urbray. They're like, oh, Dazzy, you should have been here. <laughs> they had all, you know, wheelies on tractors and oh, I. Meanwhile, your brother got sent to, sent there. You didn't. Nah, my anything. brother stayed on car. He said, he said to mum. So, so the result of, of the um, the night hooning around was that Darren Escalli with his dad, um, <laughs> oh, and, oh, and Bradley sorry, we too. We never got to the end. No, of that's that. right. Yeah. So was he involved as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so we were both supposed so, to go. So live split with Dave. you up, you know. <laughs> no, no, we were both meant to go. Oh, yeah, okay. and um, and I, I think I just put the um, stern face. Well, I'm going then, and um, my brother said I'm not going, so he didn't. He stayed on Kangaroo, and I moved to Adelaide. Yeah, bad influence. I went to school with the well twins, and one of them got sent to our rival school because they couldn't. They just fought each other constantly. Yeah, I think and they had to get split up. Yeah, back then I think we, you're right. Yeah, we. We were probably fighting for attention um, ourselves. He was always good at sport, and I, I didn't really like sport that much. It probably changed a bit now, but uh, so yeah, it was actually probably good for for us to do that. But I, I hated it. Two years while I was at school, I mad homesickness. Like, yeah, when you come from the country, and it's a very sheltered country area too. Can well, it's not. And you know, Port Adelaide, twenty years ago. Yeah, as well. Port Adelaide. It was was pretty rough, yeah, yeah. There was definitely there was a dividing road, and if you're on one side, that was the badlands, and the other side wasn't so bad. But yeah, yeah I don't know. And the, was, I the think less badlands, just the different. <laughs> nah, we're just in a pretty nice so area. Bad lands. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the okay lands. It was the okay lands. Yeah. yeah, I mean now far out the price of housing in Port Adelaide, you know, it's, it's incredible. But now I, I just I don't know. People are different. I found I, I really struggled. Yeah, with the people aspect. I think. More so than anything, you seem to go all right with the people aspect now. You've now I'm good. okay. Yeah, no, nah, I come to terms with it now. So <laughs> yeah, I can see, and I can see the opportunities. Like I said, one thing about Kangaroo, you can get stuck there. It's uh, difficult, but I, I would never have done anything. I would never have become a pilot. I would be a mechanic. I almost guarantee I would be a mechanic if I stayed on Kangaroo. Mm. Not such a bad but, thing. But no, I'll, no. I'll, I still. Well, I'm lucky. I get to do mechanical work now. You know, working on machines and things. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, and cars, like I'm lucky, but yeah. I think that's pretty true for most like country towns though. Like you get those that get to escape and then go see the world and like, you know, experience everything else or those that only know their town and that's yeah. it. And I, th- I don't think there's, there's nothing wrong with either. No. Uh, as long as, you know, p- you do what you want. 
I think or those that stay don't you know just get that little town or you know I oh, will stuff them sort of mentality where they don't see don't take it for what it is I guess you know or and those that leave don't just go don't shun the towns out oh you know it's just just a shit old where I came from because mm -hmm. yeah I still love going back there yeah we go back for Christmas and a few times a year it's, it's the best absolutely you're saying um your so your wife is a twin as well she's a twin and from kangaroo yeah oh, but we, we, so we never way. knew each other on kangaroo really so, yeah uh, four thousand people <laughs> nah that's <laughs> right yeah. well there. she's she's a few yeah, twice the opportunity to meet her as well yeah that's <laughs> effectively right. yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> so no we we didn't um know each other. i think she knew of me I, she was younger than me so when you're younger you probably uh, you know how I, much younger she's um Five years younger than me. So you got you were kicked off by the time she was. Yeah, so she wouldn't have known me, but she knew my brother. So obviously uh, they played a lot of sport. You know, she's in basketball, and with the, there's really basketball, football, netball, cricket, and, and a little bit of tennis and stuff. But so she knew knew of my brother, and then knew of the other brother. But I think she also knew of the reputation. <laughs> she <laughs> loved the bad boy. That's the bad boy. That's that it. That's it. Yeah, that's Give me the real one. Don't not the not the, Take uh, me to the low bad, fat. Take yeah. me to the badlands. Badlands. <laughs> 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 is that a thing do you reckon she's attracted to the twin thing because I say this because I've got another friend Rocky shout out to her yeah. she's a twin and she hooked up with a twin, a twin and well. they bred and you wouldn't believe it they had twins straight off the bat so I don't know is it one the thing that you're a bit attracted to the twin or may, maybe yeah yeah it could there could be something there that, yeah I and you know you're going to make twins I don't know I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just yeah we know it I, I don't know I'm convinced we have twins but um no i think it's my dance moves probably more than, <laughs> is that my, is that my cousin's 21st well no sorry I should, we actually met at the races and um she thinks i shunned it but yeah you know, it was just part of the dance you see yeah just gonna <laughs> it's so part of the get. dance <laughs> yeah that's just the fishing move <laughs> what move specifically uh i don't know i wasn't very good very good drunk or ladies man i guess in either way but yeah, yeah, no, I we hooked up my cousin's twenty first. In the end, so it was just the way it worked out. Well, it was that or hook up with your cousin because it was ki. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> there was not many options. Well, there's half a chance of that. Um, while we're on partners, Phil, you actually married a groupie, effectively. Oh, uh, not really. She wasn't story. there to see. She wasn't there to see us. That's for sure. Oh, really? She, she, you married some other band's groupie? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Still King, Kingswood groupie. Who's who's Kingswood? Kingswood. I remember that. They got a fair bit of play yeah. on the Jays. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was like one of the, probably one of the first. So when Harry, shout out to Harry Moore, uh, when he started booking us, so we were one of his first, I think he had maybe a two or three bands when we sort of hit his roster and he he hooked us up with Kingswood because it was with the same agency, the booking agency. And um, yeah, Tash went with her friends to go see Kingswood. Uh, they got there when we were playing and she went outside to the balcony because we were too loud because we were always a loud band for a three-piece. So you playing so, before? Yeah, we supported Kingswood. Yeah. So, and it was like stonk at night. It was like 40 degrees that day. It was so hot. Um, but yeah, and then I spotted her at the bar like when Kingswood were playing and then it's like, oh, she was all right. And then I went back, got a beer from backstage off the rider uh, and then... Walked out, that there's, there's like the, a little door that's the sort of side of stage. Walked out and she was standing right there with her friends. So I just went over and started talking to her. And that was it. Boom, scooped up, stolen groupie. That's it. I got um when... So Andy used to play in a few bands in Tassie. 
No photo? Yep, no photo. And Brad and I were down there. We went to the Maypole gig. I'm pretty sure it was pretty loose evening. Like, they'd just get their whatever rider it was. They didn't plan on making any money. It'd just be a jug. And then he'd walk into the crowd and I'd take the jug off him. So, Brad and I were fairly lit. And he, I can't remember if he told me to or dared me to or just like said, he's like, oh, that band playing there before them, he's like, that's all their girlfriends, like dancing. And I was like, Brad, let's go and dance with their girlfriends. <laughs> so we spent the entire set because, you know, they're, they're their first band. So there weren't like that many people dancing and I cannot dance, but I was lit as it's probably six o'clock. And we just danced with their girlfriends in front of them for this entire set. And like right up and right up in front of them. They couldn't do anything about it. And like baller move. But um, yeah. I reckon, yeah. Yeah. The, I, and the evening, yeah. I don't remember the rest of it. But it was fucking loose. But still, baller move if you're out there. Yeah. Especially if it's you know, a support band. They want people on the dance floor. So they're conflicted. That's it. But do they want people getting all handsy with their girlfriends? Yeah, like when you're at a show, they're like, everyone take like steps forward, like, yeah, yeah. except you two, like, just go back to the back of the room. Yeah, hands off Get that out. one. <laughs> Get out. Yeah, look. If, if you two could just go see those gentlemen up the back there. Yeah. yeah. Um, your, hey, your band played a Like A Version on Triple J once. We did. What did you cover? We did Blue Juice's Vitriol. Now, I don't know if this is rude or not but I read some of the comments on that and they weren't great it was a, like how did you do it was with a that? mix yeah like I was okay who chose uh, to do Blue Juice Vitriol I think it may have been Jesse's idea but I was I was for it because we were like you know we'll we'll make it punk we'll make it fast yeah it was punk it was fast it was, it was very it was loud you know yeah it's it's where we when we did it it was when you actually played in the studio where like uh, it was Matt and Alex back then but you, you're in a little tiny room kind of thing yeah so do you, we do you trying, actually play it live uh, you don't play it live on the Friday I'm gonna spoil it I, I yeah, think spoil I it. think I think probably it's not as a like people know now that it's yeah. it's all pre-recorded. Like, but back then when you're playing, they used to try and make it like seem like it was a Friday when you were interviewed beforehand. And um, hang on, so you're not even doing it on the Friday? You don't do it on the Friday. Tell us the whole story. Explain the whole thing. Then I'm right. confused. So, uh, what are we? It's usually on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And so when you used to do it in the studio with them, um, you would set up after they'd finished their show. And you would just record the segment like it was Friday morning. Okay. But yep. it was really like, you know, instead of playing at 8 o'clock in the morning, it's actually like 10, 10.30 by the time yep. you're running through like the interview and doing the song. Um, and you do, like it's live, but I think we did did it twice. But I think they say, oh, you can, you know, have up to four cracks at it yeah, kind of thing. do as many times as you want. Yeah. Well, not as many times as you want because there's still a time limit. But, you know, if you don't nail it on the first time, do it again, you know, it's yep. fine. I think we only need two. But yeah, so it's not, A, it's not live, it's not done on a Friday, which I think like the smoke and mirrors of it now is gone because they're always in the big room. There's always, you know, they don't have that interview. You can tell it's chopped together a bit more now. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was it was a cool experience. It was, uh, it was funny. So Tash and I were trying to get away to Bali um, for a holiday, it would have been our first like holiday as a as a couple together, um, and uh, uh, it was when the volcano was going off, 
And so people getting stuck there for weeks and weeks and weeks. And basically, and uh, she's a trooper. She put up with me for a long time not being around and, and touring and it was a interesting start to the relationship. But She wanted to be with Kingswood. She wanted to be with Kingswood. So she was signed up. She yeah. knew what she'd signed up for. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, so then I was like, I can't go to Bali because the day after I was supposed to fly home, I go on tour for a couple of weeks. So if I get stuck in Bali, then tour's stuffed kind of thing. And she was like, yeah, under- understood. Like champ was like, that's fine. Let's just uh, go to Queensland or something instead. So that's what we did. Got a van, went up and down the coast in Queensland, um, New South Wales. And then I think it was a week. I think we got a week's notice before we like to go and do the Like a Virgin. And then I had to say, oh, I know that we're on holidays, but I'm going to have to fly to Sydney for a day uh, and go to Like a Virgin. <laughs> so are you okay to just like entertain yourself? Well, I go to this. So she, so we, we planned our trip around making sure I was in Coolangatta on the Monday night so I could fly out on the Tuesday. I think I flew out at like five, got to Sydney, met the boys, set up, did the like a version, went back to the airport, hung out in the lounge for, I don't know, a couple of hours waiting for my flight home and then flew back to Queensland and kept doing our holiday. So I think we were on the Sunshine Coast when... Uh, it was on the Friday that when actually was played yeah. on the so, Friday. Yeah, so that's right. So we were just listening to it in the caravan park. Yeah, um, it was sick. I liked it, especially because it's like someone you know. So I was frothing for it. I didn't know that you're on the Goldie. I probably should have <laughs> <laughs> at the time. But like, but the actual like, and I don't know if it's just a top comment that I read, but it was like it didn't get good reviews. Yeah, it's definitely it. like. So how does that make you feel as an artist? It's like yeah. you guys put yourselves out there to do it. Yeah, it's... Uh, having it, anything it, written off. And I'm not saying it's a shit They song, always say, like, don't look at the comments, but, yeah, you know, yeah. you it's, it's impossible not to. Mm. Um, you know, in hindsight, and we should have chosen a different song. And we'd always done, like, Midnight Oil covers and stuff like that, which is probably much truer to, like, ourselves in terms of influence yeah. and that type of thing. Um. But we thought, you know, Blue Juice had said they were hanging up their boots that year and they'd done it like a version at the, the start of the year. So we're kind of like, and and that particular song was like, I think in the top 10 most played yeah, tracks. Sick turn that, yeah. that came out. Yeah. yeah, it was like the top, went in the top 10 most played tracks on Triple J of all time. So we're like, you know, hopefully it resonates kind of thing. And um, well, there was people that liked it, but most comments, I'd say 80, 20 split. Of like wow. a bit of hatred for it, you know. It's too loud. It's too angry. <laughs> it's too loud. So you in know. hindsight, you maybe choose something that's perhaps not been around or not as popular at that time, so that people, you know, forgot about might, it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you bring yeah, something we else back. To, we to used the, to do "Forgotten Years" by the Oils all the time as a cover. Um, and like in hindsight, we should have done that because a, yeah, it's, it's one of those songs that's you know twenty years old and yeah. people still love it though, and they would have heard it you know a little bit faster a little bit more punk and loved it perhaps mm, bit like black betty style had yeah, the opportunity yeah, to exactly, do a black yeah. betty that's right so she just done that just yeah. done a faster louder version of black betty even like um these new south wales this week did chumbawamba like i get yeah. knocked down but it was like fast like it, you know and this is what's funny is like you see what they did with that song and like totally different song and you know, it's again, it's one of those songs that's been around for 
long time. Uh, probably 20 years. Yeah, yeah I had that on CD. Yeah. 2001, two or three, about yeah, then. Yeah, so it's probably yeah. 20 years old, right? Yeah. Uh, but same same uh, tact of like, let's play it faster, let's play it louder, a bit more, you know, nose in the air type vibe, which is what we did as well. But obviously there's a super loved. Uh, and I think probably because of the song choice more than anything else. Yeah. Versus not being as loved. <laughs> but that's just the way it goes, right? Like you can't, you know, we were, even getting the feature record in the first place was like unheard of of uh, a DIY punk band from Adelaide. Like, you know, not an East Coast yep. band, like getting a feature record. And I think it was pretty like out of the blue and we were given those opportunities. So it wasn't like it came out of like Triple J saying, oh, these guys are heaps popular, so we've got to start playing them. It was more as they were testing the waters of like, could this band do really well? We yep. think we like, Richard Kingsmill was always a big fan. Yep. Like he was, been really, um, uh, I think they won, before I joined Grenadiers, they won some unearthed comp and Kingsmill had been a fan since back then. So it was a couple of years between records and Jimmy and I had then since joined the band. And so I think that kind of helped like in that regard. And so, you know, let's give these guys a crack and see what happens. They might, you know, do really well out of it. And, you know, we had an awesome three or four years touring like from that. Um, then the next record came out. We still got Triple J play, but it definitely wasn't like the same level or anything like that. So, and it's fine. It's just, you know, you don't do it just for radio play, but, you know, you, you get some benefits out of it as well. Yeah, you do it for the, for the love, right? Exactly. Like anything. If you're not, if you try and do it for money, then you'd just be Harry Styles and write pop songs. Like yeah. I'm sure there's fucking AI can write a pop song. Well, that's, that's well it thing, can now. It? Yeah. That's a, that's a worrying trend for musicians, isn't it? Yeah. Well, any, like even um, my, one of my mates, Luke, who he's got a, an app called AI Dream or something like that. But basically you just say what it is that you want to see and it will create art for you taking the influences from the web are there filters on that the thing is because it's like pulling influence from like all over the net it's still an original piece so there's no copyright infringement 80% of what's on the internet is porn though it's true so you're saying there's gonna be a dick in it no matter what yeah Yeah, no matter what happens (laughs) there's gonna be a dick in the corner it's like find the dick it might be subtle but it's there (laughs) it involves your search history and whatever you've put in (laughs) yeah let's not do that but I mean, yeah, I, I was talking to a mate the other day and he was talking about chat GPT and yeah, I, he, he's doing university assignments and he's like, he goes, I just got to get this course under my belt. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a worry that, you know, and kids now are going to be able to do anything on it. Like they, they'll obviously try and filter out, curb it somehow. But yeah, you know, the AI side of things is... But they're resisting it and I think... Like the whole original, oh, you know, you're never going to have a calculator in your pocket. Well, turns out we do. Yeah. And it's like, instead of, I get that you need to learn skills and problem solving and all that bullshit. But in the end, we're going to have these tools so in our pockets. how do we make them work So in we our need society. to teach people to use them, not to yeah. be like, oh, let's go analog and you, you can cheat with a digital tool. Let's see how good we can get with the digital well, tools. We had the encyclopedias. You know, that, fact, that was what you, you needed. Assignments out of the encyclopedia. That's what you had to do. Whereas, yeah. you know, and then Google, like Google's probably the biggest single thing of Yahoo, my era. I use Yahoo still. 
No, not, not, not Bing. dog. Yahoo something. What about Bing? Oh, Bing. Yeah. She frustrates me. No, dog, dog pile was the one I remember. Dog pile. Do you go, what happened to these things? Obviously, it beat Bongo. Just, was it Bongo that you used to text? Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Oh, yeah, Jesus. So. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, but like you say, you know, and if you don't know something, that's what you do straight away. You go to your, your tools so you available. Know it. it's, and like, yeah. I was struggling to put a fucking social media post up today. Today, <laughs> I watched was struggle to upload a few images to Instagram for probably 45 minutes. We were gone three, at least three attempts. At, as well. But it wasn't, you saw what happened. I tried to explain this to people. You saw firsthand. Maybe there was some user error, but. My phone did some trippy stuff. It did. It made things up. Like, they turned the pictures, not sideways, 45 degrees and duplicated it for no apparent like, reason. Full on skewed it, weirdly. Uh, and, like, then I, and I was like, AI it's, it's going to be the file you. of it. And so, what yeah. saved it? Like, screenshotting it, which and created a new image. So, we screenshot fine. the image, created a new file and did it. And that's what I'm talking about. You need to teach people how to work with the technology rather than fight it. Yeah, in the age that we're in, and like, why are we not doing that in universities in everything? It's like, all right, shit, this stuff's coming in. Yes, this year it's probably a cheat, but it's like, right, we need to adapt quickly. Yeah, and yeah, that that they have to use it. You have to because you know. And one thing I guess we're all very good at is adapting to that and running with it. So, but yeah, you don't. You certainly don't want, you know, like the musicians having their music played eyes because someone wants to hear a Beatles song sung by, yeah, Madonna or something like that. That's yeah. And then flogging it off as their own because it's not, not actually their work. Their what work. about pilots? In you, you know, do we need pilots? We talked I about talk last about episode. We just had a um, aerospace engineer. Aerospace? I'm not really sure. I wasn't paying much attention. But he's, uh, you know, we talked a lot about drones and yeah. uh, reinventing air travel and these sort of things. Uh, like, are small pilots going to be obsolete? Um, I think. Uh, one thing about aviation, it does. It's not always at the forefront of um, technology. Like you know, safety is in what we know. So you know, we still use engine. The technology dates back to the 1940s or probably yeah, we, earlier. We talked about this. It's mental. It's yeah. crazy. You wouldn't if you got in a car that was that age. You'd be like, wow, I'm scared. Yeah, but but, but if your car, you know, and you do, you drive a modern car and the sensor fault comes on, the light comes on the dash, and you end up. In limp home mode, and you pull over on the side of the road. But in an aeroplane, you can't do that. You know, <laughs> yeah. limp, limp home is down <laughs> quickly. So, so aviation always. I mean, yes, there's lots of technology, but it's it's safety and what it, what you know um, and repeatability, I guess. So, but I I don't think the public will accept no pilot. I think you know it's still just a comfort thing. So yeah, you know, they might downsize crew sizes. Yeah, um, but we all know you know there's autopilots and things like that. But yeah, I don't think there'll ever be no pilot. You still want to know that there's someone that's the able to make a decision and still hands-on fly if they need to. You know, it just opens it too much for hacking, doesn't it? Well, and uh, uh, oh, interesting thing. I, I was actually we had some work getting done on a truck, and um, now modern trucks and things can be you can connect to them remotely for diagnostics and things. And and when the guy was logging into this truck of ours. He, um, it was some encrypted security thing he had to get into. And I was like, well, that seems like high security. He said, nah, well, obviously, as we're moving towards autonomy, so there will be driverless things. He said, obviously, the last thing was a terrorist or, or someone who wants to do wrong, a hacker, getting Mate, into, say, an autonomous worse, bus just and just some, run off a bridge or something. Just some bored kid on Kangaroo Island. Yeah, that's right. I don't know how many hackers have come from 
that's yeah, bush lands of Kangaroo. But yeah, that was, that was I didn't I'd never you know innocently if you're not I guess thinking about that I thought oh I guess so yeah. I like the 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 technology's there for where like um we should be able to connect to the cars around you in like some sort of Bluetooth. Remember like when you plugged it into the cassette tape, the Bluetooth recorder and you could end up DJing in the car next to you yeah. off your iPod? Because <laughs> yeah. like if you could see what they were tuned into. If, take on the right radio. FM station. Yeah, to, you yeah. know they're listening to Triple J so you just come in and pump your music. That was quite funny. But like we should be able to do that with cars and it's like instead of just yelling mindlessly at the person in front of you. Who's driving like one car like slower a, than you. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, flog. You can let them know. Yeah. Just a little bump message. I don't, I don't know, they, I think in, um, in agriculture they were working on that, but there were problems with, you know, so um, they were trying to get, I think, a header to be able to take over the steering and driving of a tractor that's running a chaser bin next to it so that they could run at exactly the right speed, fill the chaser bin. But then, of course, if it's controlling that and that's heading towards a power pole or a tree, well, oh, how it's can not it, looking. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And, and there's the driver of the tractors, you know down on his dvd player or whatever it's funny you mentioned like like farming and and that stuff because like i think i might have even been an equity mates podcast but they were talking about like from a stocks kind of thing like all these agricultural companies are like buying ai companies out so that they can like put it in like their john deere tractors and that type of thing now so that farmers can literally just like do it from their lounge room yeah and you can understand why, you know, yeah. when, when you have to have a crop in, you've got to have it in there, but you're sort of at the mercy of the availability of perhaps staff or yourself to drive that tractor for, you know, 36 hours to get, get the crop in before it rains or, yeah. or get a crop off before it rains, you know, and I, I can understand why they're doing that, yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's like half their business now. Is the other thing you worry about is, yeah, what jobs are people going to have? But, in, but in less people, like the towns is country towns are shrinking because farms are getting bigger which means less farmhands machinery is getting bigger so machinery, less people running it it's, yeah twice the size of your header everything like that so they're smaller then the schools then everything closes down and no one wants to live there and move there mm. it's like how do you track people back to country towns then because i don't think like i think it didn't have a bit of a rise over like during covid or yeah been, rural areas did pretty well like yeah, re- well, regional areas regional areas really yeah just well. close barley that's what we do yeah, get people travelling <laughs> to the remote reaches of Australia. Yeah. Like, but that's tourism propping up those towns and then small businesses and then people realising they can live there. But, yeah, like, the, the big big farms, big country towns are dying. They are, yeah. The I'd growth, what's the uh, the growth on <laughs> Kangaroo Island? 4,000 people in the last... Oh, that's right. And I, I don't think Kangaroo Island's... Uh, tourism's huge there now, but I think agriculture is still the biggest sector. So, you know, whilst it's nice to have lots of people there, but um, it is the farms driving a lot of things. Yeah. So, but I guess you've got to have a mix of everything, don't you? Because tourism's busy at times, agriculture's busy at times. Yeah. Go. But the thing is, no one wants to carry heaps of baskets, one for each egg, do they? No. So, no, you just put all eggs in one basket. It's fucking heaps easier. <laughs> Much easier, yeah. Fuck just a bigger easy. basket. It's going to be bigger to carry it. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need a bigger tractor. <laughs> yeah. You see? It makes sense. Lads, is any, have you got any bar snacks? Anything you want to chat about as a one-off-the-wood listener? No, I just thought it was uh, ironic been. that, um, you know, we had the gather round. Peter Malinaskis done a great job getting gather round here, live golf. Next thing you know, was in town. 
Mate. I've been wondering if you're chatting to him. The place to be. No longer is Victoria the place to be. South Australia. Yeah. This is it. We were you know, talking about that last night, weren't we? Yeah. Just like, Things happening. Like, usually you get your mad march here in Adelaide, and then it's a ghost town until, you know, October, kind of thing. But it's still been, like, pumping. The city's still pumping. What was it? Record fringe sales. Yeah, ticket yeah. sales for the fringe. Yeah. Yep. Over a million ticket sales. Unbelievable. So, yeah, between... But, you know, yeah, so it, it sort of kicked off last year, I guess, you know, Adelaide 500, end of the year. Fantastic. That set up, you know, this really cool party vibe in Adelaide because it was... Well, I mean, we used ourselves as a business thing. We we had our end-of-year Christmas show there. And we got staff members who you wouldn't even think of petrol heads, you know, uh, Jenny and Alpha. She goes, oh, this just reminds me of the days I'd go to Rolly Park's Speedway, which was you know, a real famous speedway in Adelaide, fantastic, you know, in a quarry just out of the city. They've, they've since turned to housing, unfortunately. But it's like, you know, it's really cool. And then, of course, you're there, so you go out to the city afterwards. And, yeah, so from then, and Adelaide's just been pumping ever since almost. There's a bit going on. Just realised Grenadier's got a bit of an affiliation with speedways because we did a film clip at a, a speedway for, the like, the dirt bikes and things like that in um, Port Adelaide. Gilman. Yeah, Gilman. Gilman yeah, yep. yeah. So we've got a film clip there, and then we played Clips of Five Hundred uh, one year as well. So we played with uh, Spider Bait and Cold Chisel. Mint. I um I worked at the F One one year. Yeah. Blue Juice played. So <laughs> I met those guys. How funny! That's <laughs> yeah. great. Which, so, which you they stole gave me a shot of vodka. I was like, I was working on the cleaning crew, and they were like, and I just was chatting to them. And they're like, "What are you doing? Nah, yeah, sit down with us." I was like, "No, nah, I'm kind of." Managing this area, they're like, "Shut up!" <laughs> like, <gave me laughs> Have a a shot. So I sat down and had two shots of vodka with them. How good? <laughs> Mid midday or something. I reckon random. they would have been pretty loose. They 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 were hell hellmen. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was good fun. No, Adelaide. I it does get. I think it gets a bit shit on yeah. by places, and maybe it's because the tall poppy syndrome. It's the only city that wasn't settled by convicts. That's yeah. why you yeah, all free speak, society here. Yeah. speak proper, you know, with your like, I'm, I'm Vic, Ad Adelaide and I'm Victorian say, still. So you can't, shit like can't that. look at me when you're saying that. Yeah, fair enough. But like the, it's, um, I actually, where we are up in Allgate, Allgate, there's a D in there. Allgate, yeah. yeah. There's a D. Silent D. Silent D. Silent D. Yeah. Yeah. That's how mine operates. Uh, but the, it's, Man, it's nice up here. I, I had, on the way through, I really liked it. I think it's a mix of like the eucalypts we were talking about and the, a lot of the English trees. Deciduous. All the deciduous and the pines and stuff and the old pubs that are, you know, dotted in. It, it's got a like, it's super nice up here and underrated. I was I actually, on the way through, kind of changed my I mind I think anywhere about there's it. history, and it's got that nice, I, you know, I love going into an old pub or somewhere that's got... You know, you look and you go, man, you know, this would have been very difficult to build and they did that back in the 18-somethings. It's like the Bridgewater Mill today. The mill, yeah. Yeah, 1859. 1859, very good. <laughs> was challenged me on on the year and I was like, I don't know why, but 1859 seems to be the year. He went and found the plaque. Got it. Yep. Nailed it. 37-foot 30, <laughs> uh, wheel he used to run the mill. Yeah, that's right. And it's Sorry. just water, you know, they... Yeah. R remarkable stuff they are creating here. These non-convicts, these free people, <laughs> in South Australia, free, free thinkers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these free thinkers. When you're, when you're not worried about trying to break out of the shackles, yeah, yeah. <laughs> steel bread or something. <laughs> but no, it, it, honestly, I, I actually really enjoyed this kind of part of Adelaide, South Adelaide Australia. Adelaide was great, and it probably doesn't get the um, accolades that it should. You know, 
everyone talks about the Barossa Valley, of course, and McLaren Vale, but like Adelaide Hills has got heaps to offer too, you know, wineries and oh, I, I think, yeah, and it's, and it's so close. Microbreweries and stuff, but like in terms of being close to the Adelaide city, yes, so, mm. so close to it. Yeah, yeah underrated. I'll give my stamp of approval. I'm, yeah, frothing on a bit of Adelaide lately, maybe. You are? Maybe that's what's got me frothing. Just not Don't the Adelaide know. girls. Yeah, yeah. It's in the past. We live in the past, uh, mate. Both of you. It's been sick to catch up. It's been. It's cool that it falls on a anniversary of us catching up. Yeah, many years on a, ago. On a Facebook memory. On a Facebook memory. <laughs> yeah, that's some wild um, synergies or uh, whatever they call it. But yeah, thanks for coming up. Thanks for catching up. Thanks, thanks for coming on one off the wood. I love it. Thanks, mate. Anything? Um, anything else to add? We got. A, we need a song actually. Have you got a song, Phil? Any new music you've been working on you want to throw out there? Some old music? We could play your um cover of Blue Juice. Why don't we do that? Vitro fuck, really? All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll play that, mate. Look, looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Uh, my Wise knows what mine's going to be. Uh, I've got to throw out Jitterbug. We we waited and waited and waited for this song one night when we were on a bender. It was, uh, to put the context, I had, before travelling around Australia, we only had a CD player. We didn't have an iPod. And MP3s had just come out. And I had five CDs that I'd made full of MP3. So there was like maybe 200 songs or more on each CD. And I was like, we were talking about the jitterbug. Yeah. We had this bender on the VB's big fire. I was like, jitterbug's on this CD. I don't know where it is. We hit random and we put it in there. It was it was right at the end of the night too, it played, wasn't it? You, you'd walked off. Like literally like it couldn't come on. It would have been four in the morning. You're like, I've got to go to bed. I've got to fly a plane tomorrow. Yeah. And you walked off through the little creek. And, and then, on. and it came on, <laughs> running back. Did you come screaming back? <laughs> I'm still. I've got sitting on the table here. We've got the fire stick oh, and, shit, and a melted down. Um, what is that? A Ted's to his extra dry bottle that survived the ashes of the fire that night. Yeah, we. I actually, fuck. I'm. We, we, we almost finished the pod. I need to tell that story. So to leave, we tried to leave. We'll paint out a couple of times. And it ended up buying a carton of VB and then hitting the piss. And then you came around to the fire. I went, was it Matt who ran the show? Uh, Matt, yeah, yeah. Matt was, was running Matt, the show Matt and he'd gone away it? for the weekend and left everybody, all the casual staff gave a strict notice. Do not fuck anything up like while I'm away. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Adelaide for the weekend. And we, I took a tree out of like a full tree and carried it back to the campsite like this hardwood. And we burnt the entire tree. Had a good fire stick. We put every stubby through the fire because it was so hot. Yeah, yeah. And we still, one survived. And one survived. We did it for two nights in a row. How did that um, stick survive then? I, I don't know how I don't stick, understand. The stick was the fire stick that had been around. So then when we were finally leaving after mooning the plane, Brad and I left, left, a, um, left the fire stick and this burnt bottle in your bed of your accommodation, Dazza, to say thank you. For having us, and a note that um, you've actually bought a lot. What is the note? You have to read the note out. I've got got the note. All right, right, we'll finish it off with the note. So this is some great nostalgia. My house is still full of sticks and random shit that I collect around the place. So this has survived. Got it. This has survived. A couple of moves by me, and I found. I just found this stuff in a box. Of course, you don't throw out the stuff that you cherish. So this this is the the note. Dazza, mate, had a grouse couple of days by the fire, drinking vitamins. We owe you for looking after us. And know the best medicine for the fourth day of a bender is a new case of VB, which I found under my quilt in my room. That's amazing. Bring on the KI races. But I don't think you made it to the car races. I've still never been to KI. We, we might put that on the list. Love Brad and Was. 
Mate, that is nostalgia. My dad taught me that. Write notes. Write thank you notes. So people you forced me to write thank you notes as a kid whenever we'd you know, go somewhere, stay somewhere, someone would give you something. It forced me and it's a habit that stuck. I wrote my parents a note when I left. Um, it's it's a good habit. I like it. Yeah, so nice that's my recommendation. I've got a couple of notes from you before. That's Have you? good. Like, there yeah, I really like that. Write a note. Handwritten yeah. notes. It's awesome. Just say thanks. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a big one. Just yeah. two lines. Say thanks. So that's uh, that's your takeaway. That's got me frothing. Thanks that's, for bringing yeah, your treasures, frothing, man. mate. Love it. <laughs> Love it. All right. Hooroo. Hooroo. Later. As planned, a vitriol by Blue Juice. Gentlemen uh, from the Grenadiers, let's do it whenever you're ready. <laughs> so great that is vitriol by blue juice as performed by grenadiers for you on triple j's like a version this morning thanks so much guys no thank you